0: John Elias' cruel summer edit with. (laughs) Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPalp's Padres, a queer Star Wars podcast. In case you missed it from last week's episode, since there aren't any major Star Wars projects to talk about right now, we're returning with a new series of special episodes, RuPalp's Day Off, where each episode we talk about one non Star Wars piece of media we all love. Hello, John. Apologies for the deception. God damn it. Okay. I just love putting things in the agenda. I love it. I really did just get Jonathan Sims because I was just going to read that without thinking about it whatsoever. Okay, well, we'll get into that in a bit. Anyway, so today we're talking about the Magnus Archives, which is a podcast distributed by Rusty <laughs> I, I don't even know the whole thing.
1: Well, fuck off because that was going to be my gender. We did say we were going to talk about Baldur's Gate, but we're cloud chasers and we need to get that sweet Magnus Protocol SEO. So that's why we're doing it this week and... Baldur's Gate will happen just not this week
0: work um so I'm Noah my pronouns are he him you can find me on social media pretty much anywhere at the Jewish Jedi and my gender this week is Burn Notice starring Agnes Montague (laughs) I don't know what the plot of the show Burn Notice is I'm sorry (laughs) to any Burn Notice fans in the audience
2: in the audience in the room as part of Burn Nation just kidding. I think I've seen maybe one episode and I do believe it was the crossover with Psych. So, yeah. There's a
0: Wait, Burn Notice is like is... an extended universe?
2: It crossed over with the other USA network television show of the period of the era, Miss Psych. So, yeah.
0: Slay. Sorry, sorry to the Burn Notice fans. Oh. <laughs>
2: you're i am call me agnes cuz i'm about to or no call me jude perry that's my fan cast for jude perry me um anyways hi my name is mel i use they/them pronouns you can find me on social media at melvin kalpa and my gender this week is the k stands for knockers like martin k martin black
1: knockers blackwood exactly that's so true my name is ollie i use any pronouns you can find me on social media at ollie fresh and my gender this week is a podcast distributed by rusty quill and licensed under a creative commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license anyway that's it okay um i just (laughs) think it's funny i've just hey someone named annabelle kane just entered our call
3: what the fuck? Her web connects us all. Wait,
1: help. What?
2: Shut up. I knew it. I knew you were going to be in this fucking recording, <laughs> you bitch.
1: You are evil. Cla- <laughs> Claudia has entered the chat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mel's face. I almost died.
0: I? Okay. Wait, no, because like, if you think about it, her web really does connect us all. Like,
3: Yeah. I listened to two hundred. Epi- Hi, Claudia. I listened to two hundred episodes of this podcast. Podcast to do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say how long it took you to listen to it? Only two weeks. I listened at one point six times speed.
0: <laughs> Wait, like you like recently? Like you just listened to this this whole?
3: I caught up to it ex- exactly as the Magnus Protocol came out. <laughs> 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 and, like last week, like two weeks, like last week two weeks and ago. I, I want you all to know this was purely my idea i surprised ollie on monday as well
2: <laughs>
3: i was just about yeah. to say claudia not to <laughs>
2: not to be the animal cane to your animal cane i knew that this was happening i knew that you were going to do this <laughs> how did you know
0: i didn't
3: because we talked what? about it <laughs> like months <Really>? ago <laughs> yeah that's maybe where i got the idea but i didn't think you th- i didn't think you would think that i would actually do it I think, I think remembers <laughs> <laughs> no but i will say your face mouth.
2: <laughs> i was like i thought i thought ollie was joshing us with fucking like they had like entered the chat on their phone or whatever and i was like okay okay <laughs> and you showed up and like Okay, you kind of gagged
0: me. I did too. No, I I was gagged. I'll say that I was gagged because I was just like, oh, LL, that's like a fun prank because, like, the character from from the show. That's nice. Um, Can we talk about this? No, because also, I love being oblivious because last week when you guys were like, hey, like, you know, we should maybe talk about the Magnus Archives just because, like, Magnus Protocol just came out would be good timing. And I was like, I really, really wanted to talk about Baldur's Gate because I have so many thoughts about it. But like, okay, so, I'll, get, I'll get back into this British journey, <laughs> sure. The only to then realize that I had been lied to, <laughs> manipulated, One distorted, say, if you will.
3: You're a lot like Jonathan Sims in a way.
0: <laughs> the problem is I am a lot like Jonathan Sims in a way. I wish that I wasn't, but here we are.
1: Here's the thing. It's hard to talk about the Magnus archives without talking about spoilers. So, because there's just so much content, the TLDR is there's a little guy who works in an archive and then fucked up things start to happen. It's an audio drama. It's really good. And if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now. It's like Goosebumps, but for British people.
3: Oh. <laughs> That's so um. I,
0: I will also say it is very worth not being spoiled. Um, it's, one, I agree. It's, it's one of those things where... I think there are a lot of things where it's like, okay, you know, knowing the overall plot is fine. There were some moments in this series that I could not see coming, and not knowing that it was coming was made it, like, one of the best media experiences that I've ever had. And I don't want to give the Magnus Archives that credit, but I do want to say that it is a really fun show to go into basically blind. So if you haven't listened and you're thinking about listening... You should stop this episode here. And go do what Claudia did, which is listen to all 200 episodes as fast as possible.
3: Get a get a good podcast app. Listen at 1.6 times speed. Have automatic skipping of like the first, I don't know, fuck ass five minutes or so of, and, and last five minutes of every episode because there's so many ads and the intro is so long and okay. you will get through it. I'm just saying. Also, no. Claudia. And you know, no, no. Because no, you need to talk about
1: what happened because you did that. Okay. So. You, spoiler you have to be oh also claudia's here her name is claudia her pronouns are she her she's on social media at kaludia says k-a-l-u-d-i-a says uh anyway I, she's, I guess her gender my gender i guess is... her gender is is it is it her web connects the <laughs> <more>? <laughs> which in itself is a spoiler <laughs> in a way um no, but tell them tell them what happened to you because you had automatic skipping okay, on. Okay, so
3: you have to be more careful than me because I got to the end of season 4 and John is John picks Martin up out of the out of the, the lonely at the end of the penultimate episode of season 4 and then the next episode starts and it's them in the cabin and it's the beginning of season 5. And I was like, "Wait, they love each other now? The change has happened? What did I miss?" And I was like, "Oh, they're going to tell me in like ba- and they're like, Oh, like, they're going to tell me, like, you know, in, in flashback or whatever. I listened to 10 episodes and I was like, this can't be right. I'm so confused. And here's the thing. I know that Noah said, like, it, you should go in unspoiled. I feel like because of Tumblr, I knew certain things. Just, like, I just, like, knew. And so when things happened, I was like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I wasn't, like, actually spoiled, whatever. But, like, so, like, the change happening, the eye opening, I was like, well, yeah, of course that's going to happen. Whatever. I had to go back. And listen to the season. You know, I missed the eye opening,
1: <laughs> and I had to go. Back. Claudia missed the Claudia missed the season four finale because she was so obsessed with getting it done
3: fast. Well, and so what I say is this: is like be conservative about how much you skip in the beginning of the end, because one could be. To be fair, it is a fault of my podcast player that it somehow skipped an episode, and it said it was played and it wasn't. So.
0: Or you could do what I did, which is where you get about midway through season four, stop completely, and then have one of your friends bother you for genuinely close to three months about just finishing it because they promise it'll be worth it. But you're so frustrated with the plot at that point that you refuse to do it for literal weeks. And then you do it and you finish the show in like 14 days. Yeah.
1: You know. Noah is especially funny. I love Noah's experience because Noah literally... (laughs) Noah was like... Oh my god, Martin's so annoying. I skipped an episode because I it was Martin centric and I didn't want to listen to it. And I had to be like it was the one in season 5 where he's like in, in the a damn cabin, house like in the damn house And I had to be like, no, it's, like, actually important to understanding his character and, like, his motivation. And then he was like, oh, fine. And then he listened to the last episode and was like, oh, my God, wait. I actually love Martin. And I was like, here's the whole show. I realized that he is that bitch. I
0: literally disliked Martin for 199 episodes. (laughs) And then I – actually, that's not true. I disliked Martin for 199 episodes and roughly up until a minute before the 200th episode finished. And that I like, and that I liked him.
3: You're very Jonathan Sims coded in that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true.
1: I. So we know Claudia's interactions with this show. Does everyone else want to go around and say like what their history is with the show and when they started it? And I will go first because I feel like mine is the linchpin to everyone here having heard it no offense um there is like a minor renaissance of it going on one because it's like has a sequel coming out but before the sequel was even announced a bunch of people in our little niche on twitter started listening to it and i don't want to brag but i do think that it's because of me because it i i thank you thank you you're feeding into my ego i started listening to the magnus archives in like 2019 um maybe not i don't remember but it was like the end of season three i think it was like the beginning beginning middle beginning of season four was when i started listening um and it like i had nev- none of my friends i was not like i was online but i wasn't like participating in online discourse like i wasn't posting or talking to anyone i was reblogging stuff with that space basic- and retweeting but i was basically just doing that but it's so funny because none of my friends in real life listen to it i didn't have any online friends really at that point who had listened to it i was like i so i did not talk to anyone about this show that i knew personally until 2022 when noah started listening to it and then you didn't finish until last year and i was like please and now suddenly noah's listened to it and mel's listened to it and now claudia's listened to it it's all these people who have listened to it and i don't know how to act so i'm like i need to not gatekeep but i'm also like you guys weren't there you guys weren't there when we were trying to figure out what martin's middle name was you guys weren't there when we thought that jmart was not like an actual thing that was gonna happen you guys were not there when we were all like well i wasn't personally like this but people were like oh my god martin Martin's dad is Peter Lucas. You guys were not there Martin's when we thought Martin was Martin's being... dad is what? <laughs> you weren't there when people thought that Martin was influenced by the web and the big reveal in the end was that he had been manipulating John the whole time. You guys were not there for that. And I was. And I'm like, I was in the trenches and I, f- I feel like a grizzled
3: veteran.
0: You for, you were in the trenches and you, you feel like a veteran? That's kind of like, that's a little
3: bit like. It's kind like... of like. No, because I get it, <laughs> guys. I get it now. I get why yeah. you guys wouldn't shut yeah. the fuck up because it's like. One could say I am like Jonathan Sims, and that I can't stop myself.
0: <laughs> so it's my, my experience of this show was, um, in part informed by Ollie, but fun fact, I actually listened to the first 10 episodes of this show in the summer of 2021. Um, right before I moved to Boston, I was driving back and from, uh, back and forth from Reno, Nevada a lot that year. Cause I lived in Reno, Nevada. Fun fact. Um, and I listened to it in the car. I almost crashed my car because I fell asleep out of, I almost fell asleep out of boredom in like the group of that episodes. Because they're not good to listen to in the car for me personally. I was like, good night, moon. I'm out of here. Um, and I got like, I was just, I got to episode 10. And I remember I was listening to it on the drive to Colorado. I was driving through Wyoming, listening to a statement about Trevor Herbert doing God knows Bad. what. Bad. Yeah. And I was just like, i'm bored and i turned it off and i did not pick it up for like a while and then i actually don't remember the exact series of events that catalyzed ollie being like hey you should listen to this um but it did happen in the summer of 2021 or 2021 yeah summer 2021 I had, or no, 2022. I can't remember years. I had started um, at a new job and I had a lot of time to like listen to music and whatnot. And I was, and I had a longer commute and I was like, okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to listen to this, this fuck ass audio drama. And then I just didn't turn it off for like three months because I listened to it on my commute to and from work. I listened to it at work all the time to the point where. There are certain events in the series. I actually remember exactly where I was standing at my previous place of employment when they happened. And whenever I, like, would go do things in that building, I'd be like, oh, my God, I was here when this character died. <laughs> um, Sorry. Sorry to – are we talking spoilers? Can I say spoilers? Okay. So there is this – I used to work... – I was working at a lab at the time. And um, there is this one sink that was, like, the leftmost sink in our on our floor. And I was washing dishes there when Jürgen Leitner got clubbed to death. And every time that I would do dishes there, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm at the Jürgen Leitner death sink. That's crazy.
2: Shut up. I have a very similar experience of I would do dishes and listen to this podcast because life. And I will say that there is a, a sink out there that is the fuck. The, – what is it called? The flesh, the flesh sink, because I think I've listened to, like, at least three statements about the flesh at this damn sink doing dishes. And I'm like, yas, remember that time where that guy, Tom Han, and his, his fucked up little squad?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do too that is so funny it reminds me there's a lot of like statements like that where i remember where i was one that i remember with such clarity was that there was this road by um where i used to live and i would drive up and down it and just listen to the magnus archives um and i remember very specifically what stretch of road i was on when they were like oh this homophobic vase just ate this gay man wait a minute there's a hole in the wall (laughs) i was like wait because that's also like the first time the end of season one is really like the first time something actually kind of like happens in the store like it's happening to the characters and you're not just hearing about it and i was driving and i kept having to like i think i had to pull over into a cvs parking lot to go back because i was like wait what the fuck just happened
0: yeah it was it was very that um i also i'll share one more distinct memory and then i'll sort of finish up like my experience with this this show the other one was there is a statement in early season one i believe it's episode 19 um about a guy who is essentially stapling a bunch of meat to the walls of his home and i was listening to that outside the tufts university undergrad campus because we had an event there that we were like all walking to. And I was walking from the red line to the Tufts undergrad campus and listening to this. And I remember being like, I meant to be afraid, right? Like this guy who's stapling raw chicken to his ceiling. And I was supposed to be like, Oh my God, what was that meat pile made of? And I was like, uh, okay. Anyway, like, I don't really, I don't really care. Um, The other thing. That is so Georgie coded of you. (laughs) I really was like, okay, whatever. Um, The other thing about me in this show is, I got to the end of season three, and I was like, I hate this show. I don't like any of the characters, and I don't like the plot. And then I listened to, like, half of season four, and I was like, wait. I hate all of the characters, and I don't like any of the plot. And then I put it down for, like, weeks. Because I I remember texting Ollie. I was like, I can't lie, dude. Like, this show is making me want to kill myself, so I, like, cannot listen to it because it's just, like it's awful (laughs) they were like and at the time and you can correct me if i'm wrong ollie but i'm pretty sure that i was like one of your only friends who was actively listening to the magnus archives at this point in time
1: i let me let me say not one of the the (laughs) only friend and i remember being because here's the other thing i've re-listened to the magnus archives probably six times but maybe seven at this point um because there's something wrong with me um but the other thing too is one of the things that i have done was that i will like listen to the whole thing Like, I listened to the whole thing the first time before it was caught up. And then I, like, listened to it again as it was still coming out. So I think only in, like, last year did I listen to the entire thing again after the show was finished. So it's, yeah, I feel that. It's really, it's, it's a very different experience. So it was kind of hard, not to be like it was hard to empathize with you, but it's a very different experience when you're waiting for it week by week as opposed to, like, listening to it all at once for the first time
0: yeah but so they were like please you have to finish this season i swear it's worth getting through and i don't know what cracked but i finally was like fucking fine whatever and i was going to get a haircut and then outside of my barber shop is where i listened to the hello john apologies for the deception moment and i remember literally i finished the episode and i was like this is the worst show i've ever listened to i hate it here like i was so over it but then something changed and i listened to season five and i was like wait this is good and um i have a lot of thoughts about like why that happened at that point in the show that we'll we'll get into later but i don't know why because i I talked to friends who watched the show watched who like listened to the show and they were like oh my god that part was crazy and i was like i was so fucking over it like i don't know what was wrong with me But like I could not; it was such a slog. But then I finished the show, and I was like, "This is actually, and I mean this genuinely, some of the best horror that I've like ever experienced." Uh, so that that's my that's my my little tryst with with the the audio drama the Magnus Archives. <laughs>
1: I listened to the Magnus Archives when I was in a very um, challenging time in my life for the first time. And all my subsequent re-listens, you will find, do coincide with some of the worst moments of my life. Um, but I, it is so funny because I was like, Jonathan Sims, he's so stupid and fucked up. He's so me. He's literally me. So then people that I knew started listening to it and were like, Jonathan Sims is an idiot. And I was like, you can't talk about him like that. Don't ever say that again. Do not. So and then I got
3: really embarrassingly protective over him. When me and Ollie were like, Oh, well, what character would Noah be? And then we had some different ones, but I decided that Helen distortion was the funniest. Yeah. Um <laughs> and here's why. Cause you know when Helen to J, to J- Mart is like I'm secretly you guys a, hun- a Tory? <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> no, when Helen is like no Helen distortion, when Helen is like, I made you guys a honeymoon suite, that was Noah with you guys at the nest. <laughs> Okay. Well, context for our listeners—they
2: <laughs> have no idea about the nest.
0: Referring referring to my previous house in Boston as the distortion honeymoon suite is crazy. Behavior.
2: No, no, uh,
1: not just not just that your broken ass couch that you had that you decided two people who are who are two people who had. Okay, so fun fact: we all went to Boston. Well, Mel. Noah Mel and I went to Boston to visit Noah while he was living there we went in and we we're like oh where are we gonna sleep and he goes on my couch first of all this is a small ass couch that definitely could not have fit two people we would, have, like, had have, oh, we would okay. have had to we would have
2: had to lay lain on each other like Barbies to fit on the damn couch yeah
1: but we go to sit and the couch immediately breaks <laughs> So he's like, you guys can just sleep on the floor in this empty room. So we had to put a bunch of blankets together, and we affectionately called it the nest. And then, you know, sparks flew from there.
0: I need to defend myself, like, a little bit. Some context for why this was my living situation at the time, because now I own furniture. Um, That was October. Yeah, thank you. That was October. And I had moved to Boston in August of that year. When I moved there, this I love that this Magnus Arcus episode is is now my my Boston life story time. Um, but when I when I moved there, I moved into a house that I'd seen, very like basically I was I was kind of duped, and I was moving into a place that was furnished. And I got there, and let us just say that a home that was advertised to currently have three occupants actually had six. Uh, and was not built to accommodate that. So I had to move the day that I landed in Massachusetts, which I did, um, to an unfurnished house in the on the other side of the city. Uh, and upon arriving there, the only furniture that I had for, I think, genuinely three months was a mattress and a desk. Uh, I was eating dinner for a very brief period of time off of the box that my mattress came in because I owned zero other furniture. So when Mel and Ollie arrived, I had... A incredibly rundown couch. In fact, I would suggest that to call it a couch. is actually in front of couches everywhere. It was more of like a horrible metal contraption that happened to have padding on it. And a dining room table that my mom bought me for my 21st birthday. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can host people. This is a great idea. <laughs> hey,
2: but now we're anyway. engaged, so... It's yeah, okay. in a lot of
0: ways. Um, also, oh, also at the time, and then I swear I'll stop talking about this house, but it was just such like a, a wild part of my life. But at the time, um, I only had one roommate. He was a 32-year-old who allegedly worked as a bartender, but I actually never saw him go to work. So unclear what that was about. He later vanished. And then for a while, I was living with a 26-year-old who worked from home and moved in at midnight in the middle of January after texting me, Noah, comma, are you awake? And then I was like, "Yeah, who is this?" Because she hadn't given me her number before, and I was like, "I don't know who this person is." But she was outside with a U-Haul at midnight. It was fantastic. I love that place.
3: No, no, no. this is like the statement with the person with their neighbor who gets replaced. I'm, I'm just saying anyway. Amy Patel
1: talking about Graham
3: getting replaced. Okay. Is that what you're saying? One, one other fun fact is that um, I have br- British people vocal deafness and that i mix up all their names <laughs> and all their voices i thought melanie were the like, same person
0: <laughs> claudia is like wow me? only one person has talked for this entire podcast that's crazy no no
3: it's not that they like when they would mention names from like older statements and stuff i would be like i recognize the name but i don't recognize what it was from maybe because i was listening at an insane speed but to be fair this has happened to me before and so i i legitimately i was like I think I know that person. So sometimes people mention shit and I'm like, I gotta go look it up. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair,
2: they name so many goddamn characters names that are like only two letters apart or written very similarly, and you're like, now why the fuck
1: did you make that choice? Yeah, and it doesn't help that Jonathan Sims real person pronounces Gerard and Jared the same way. God, that's like, true. Thought- I- <laughs> No, I thought I thought Gerard Key and Jared Hopworth were the same person the first time I listened to it. And then I was like when he went to go visit um Jared Key and was like, Oh my god, you're like a crazy ghost guy. I was like, Wait, I'm just realizing that these are different people. It took me no, I think seasons. I realized before then, but still. I can say Jared Key is Gerard Key is definitely easier to understand than Jared Hopworth. Um, yeah. Can we get an amen in the chat yeah. for that? The Jared yeah, Hopworth anyway. statement
0: in, in the last season, I remember having to just look up the transcript because I was yeah. like, I because I, he's he's going like, oh. and then John well, will be like, that's interesting. Thank you.
1: Well, because he's played by, because they tried to get an actor to play him, but they couldn't find anyone who matched. So Alex J. Newell, who voices Martin just did the voice and they put a shit ton of filters. Wait, over for it. real? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, anyway. Mel, sorry. what was your... Mel, I'm so sorry. We've all interrupted you a million times. <laughs> it's okay. Um. So, Sor, the
2: thing is, is that I tried to listen to the Magnus Archives years ago, but I, much like Noah, was like, I'm so sleepy. British people, honk, honk shoo, honk, shoo. That's my sleeping sound. Um. They They put me to bed. They put me to rest, to sleep um so i really struggled with that that being said i immediately was like oh my gosh i i do i'm an interest in this show um and that was before i I even knew the crazy shit and then i was like i'll get back to this later and i listened to other things and i did other things whatever and then i start um seeing this person and (laughs) we move in together and we're living together and then they won't shut up (laughs) about the magnus archives and then i was like oh my God, that's so true. I'll try again. So then I started listening and obviously I I finished. Um, It took me a goddamn long time, um, mostly because I just was like, oh wow, I have to to pause. I did a lot of shifts at work where I would listen to statements while I did dishes. And then I was like, okay, we're stopping. Um, And then actually, Ollie and I took a road trip out to see Claudia for her, her birthday, and we listened to the majority of season four on that drive uh, because we were like, la, "la la la la," driving to New York vibes. Um, so Wait, uh, yeah. A fun fact that... about
3: that road trip is also that you were surprising me. Just oh like yeah, I, I forgot you. about <laughs> that. I forgot about that we were
2: surprising you. I was like, yeah, everyone, everyone knew what was happening there. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. This show is. Is crazy pants wild
1: wild style <laughs> i love it oh it's a good show except for the one it's not but then i feel like it is <laughs> i okay i have to add i feel like it's really funny because there are certain episodes because i've listened to it so much i have a very strong memory of all of the episodes um I, I, there are certain ones though that when i wanted all of you to listen there are ones that i was like i can't wait for you to get to this episode And for a lot of them, it's, like, specific, like, it's, like, there's just, like, a list of episodes that I really like that I'm, like, oh, I can't wait to hear people's reactions to this. For Noah specifically, when you were at the end of season four, like, middle end of season four, and you hadn't picked it up, I was, like, please, I need you. Because, first of all, Noah loves some existential, deeply esoteric bullshit like season five. So I was, like, I knew he was going to love it. The episode 183, Monument which is about all the academics arguing. I'm like, Noah would love this episode. Literally when I first met Noah, one of my first, like, in, within the first like month of knowing him, I was like, he should listen to the Magnus Archives for this episode. Um, and I, I remember you being like, oh, I don't know if I can finish it. I'm like, no, you have to get to Monument. But I didn't say that, but I was like, there's an episode because I'm like, when the guy's like, mineral theory, you're still on mineral theory. I was like, that's so Noah.
0: The problem is that, like, I reached that episode, and I did love it. I thought it was really funny. Like, it was one of my favorite episodes of the show, because it's it's so stupid. Like, they're all—it's just a bunch of academics that are trapped in this fuck-ass tower, and they can't leave the tower. And I got to it, and it was like, I was like—I texted Ollie, because one thing that I did throughout the duration of the show was I did basically live-tweet Ollie constantly— And be like, oh my god, this thing just happened. And what I learned quickly was I didn't actually have to tell them what episode I was on. I could just name an event. And they would be like, oh my god, Statement 73 so true. (laughs) Just like, move on. I got to Monument and I was like, these fuck-ass professors are trapped in a tower. And they were like, finally, the day has come.
3: Wait, Ollie, what were the episodes that you wanted me and Mel to hear? Okay, so a lot of them, this is something I did want to talk about is
1: one thing I want to hear from everybody is like, what are some of your favorite episodes? But that being said, for you guys, I feel like, okay, it's hard to, it's hard to say because I remember so vividly for Noah, which ones I was like, I want him to hear. Um, I think, Claudia, because you sort of tricked me and didn't live text me your reactions, it was hard for me to say, here's what I want you to listen to. Because most of the time I'm like, okay, as someone's interacting with the show, I can get an idea of, like, which episodes they like and what their taste is. And then I can be like, ooh, you're going to like this one. Um, I was right. The episode I know I was, like, excited. One of the episodes, it's, like, one of my favorites. um, Because it's, like, it's so fucked up. But it has, like, the beginning of one of my favorite, like, Dynamics between two characters is um, the episode in season four. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I can't. Uh, it's entombed, and I think it's 132. Which one? I want to say which one is that one? it's when it's when it's when John is like, Okay, well, everyone hates me, I'm gonna go into the coffin and save Daisy. Yeah,
3: that's a really because I was one.
1: like, I love that. I like I feel like okay first the other thing too is I was like when we first were listening I was like Mel is going to be I I knew that Mel was going to be obsessed I had a feeling Mel was going to be into whatever Daisy and Basira had going on and my thoughts were proved to be fucking true I knew it I knew it was gonna happen
3: Basira yeah I are? will say
1: <laughs> way to go okay
2: practice okay quitting your job um, I was like, yes. Anyways, I will say about Daisy and Basira. I was, I did almost go into like a catatonic state when we thought Daisy died. I was like, oh, it's so over. Oh, it's, uh, oh, there's no reason to live. There's no reason to go on. My wife has has gone and died in the war. Anyways. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was so funny because also the other thing too that I love about listening when Mel and Noah were both listening, Mel, I was like, <laughs> when, when, at the, after the unknowing, when it was like, oh my God, Tim and Daisy are dead, I was like, yeah, it's really messed up that they're both just gone. And Mel was like, wait, Daisy's actually gone? And I was like, yeah, it's really messed up. She, you know, she like, because you can hear her getting sent into the coffin. I'm like, yeah, no, it's like, you just can't come back from that. And Mel was like, <laughs>
3: I'm going to kill you with hammers. You really, um, you really entered your stranger era with the gaslighting. Oh no, I was. Su- I, okay,
1: hmm. I feel like Claudia is like just learned buzzwords no, and now is excited I know, to use I, them. I, I am. You don't. <laughs> That's not the stranger. If anything, that would be the spiral. Okay,
3: fine. Um,
0: Clearly, not all of us are but- cut out to be an archivist. I, I don't know what to tell you about that. It's but- very Martin
3: Blackwood coded of me in a way that I'm incapable. Is- <laughs> incapable. <laughs> Working in the archives and being incompetent. That's not true. He's quite capable, I know. Uh, yeah, he actually is. That's I the actually,
1: problem is that I... John is John is an unreliable narrator in the first season because he is so blinded by his own fear that he projects it onto other people. Well, don't come for my man, Martin
3: Blackwood. Man is, like is the is least funny. capable
2: of all of them.
3: That's true. I actually <laughs> like Martin as a character. So. <laughs> Period. No, Jonathan Sims...
2: I'm sorry. He is the autism creature covered in blood on the ground, crying. Like there's no other way to describe him. He's so pathetic. Uh, the entire time, I was just like, Jesus, Lord, God in heaven, what are we doing, Johnny boy?
3: When yeah. I I was arguing this with Ollie, but I was like, in the end, I, I people are like, oh, it's so sad. Like I was just mad at him because I was like, girl, that was i'm not even i like i understand why you did it but i think it was you were just stupid like i i know you were going through it but we've all gone through it and not done stupid things so pick yourself up and don't be stupid (laughs) i was like i I am also neurodivergent and a minor and i don't do dumbass shit like that I like that's the funny thing. There's the one
1: episode in the A uh, guest for Mr. Spider when John is like, yeah, people are always surprised that I actually was, you know, a kid in the 90s. I think people think I'm older than I am. Um, I like the idea that he's actually been a minor this whole time. <laughs> he's 12 years old. Um, no, but I, okay. <laughs> I will say I listened to the end when it came out. And I remember being like when the, because the last episode was set to come out. It came out and it was 21 minutes long. And I was like, surely they're not going to wrap everything up in 21 minutes. And then it happened. And I was like, okay, well, they so they didn't. <laughs> but then, so I was like really mad about the ending. And I was like, I don't want to listen to the show anymore. And then I re-listened to it when um I had been talking, when Noah had been listening. And I was kind of re-listening to it at the same time as him. And I found the end to be so much more fulfilling when I kind of knew it was coming, because it did feel like everything was building up to it. And I'm the only one here who's listened to it more than once. And I I also will add, listening to this show a second time once you know what's happening is fucking crazy. It is Everything is so meticulously planned out from the beginning. It's like, <laughs> there are things that happen in the first season that have you like, wait a minute, wait, <laughs> hang on. But I, I digress. It's just, it's funny because I feel like the end is, everyone's, uh, not everyone, but so many people's reaction to the last episode is being like, what the fuck was that? But then the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. And it's less like, oh, you're stupid and more like, oh, this is tragic.
0: I will say, I do want to talk about- No, it was stupid.
3: Oh. I must add, it was, he was stupid. Well, a peak- Don't get it The twisted. peak elements of a tragedy are you, the viewer, going, okay, girl, really? <laughs> about, I about mean,
0: something i i yeah I, I have a couple like favorite episodes of mine before i get to that i do want to say part of what made me like the show more was w- being willing to reframe it as a tragedy because it works as a tragedy if you don't consider it that way it kind of doesn't work at all because the characters just make increasingly dumb decisions as the plot moves forward i will say and i think we're going to talk about like broad limitations later One of the things that I didn't like about the show overall is that despite it being a plot about a bunch of characters whose job it is to manage information and learn things, a lot of them were alarmingly forgetful throughout the show, uh, which did annoy me a little bit here and there. Like, a character would suddenly be like, it's weird that this clown is following me around, and it's like, it has my mom's face. I don't know what that's about, though, and I'm like, you can't be serious. Two episodes ago, you learned about this. But I digress. Um I do have like a couple favorite episodes in mind I think it would be fun to talk about. Um I feel like everyone says another twist is one of their favorites. Um so I'm gonna be cliche and Which say that, one I, is I do- that That's the one where you learn um Michael's whole creation and, and where Helen Distortion oh, shows up yeah. and is like, hey Diva. Um yeah.
1: Okay. I forgot about that episode because this is something that I never thought about while listening to it until very recently. Is John naked during that yes. statement? Yes, what? He ne- because, yes. Well, he, yes, he is. Yes, because next question. Yes, he is because he got kidnapped. He got kidnapped by Nikola Orsonov. Well, by Breakin and Hope. Nikola Orsonov has him tied up and they're lotioning him up. And I just never thought about the idea before. But I'm like, they had to be getting like up in his situation to be like, we are lotioning you. Yeah. Like, do you think they were just gonna stop? Stop at the shirt? No. Like, I'm just like fuck. <laughs> I also and then he was there for like two weeks leave, get getting lotion i'm not two weeks he was there for like a month
0: getting lotion like free my man yeah, i also do like that canonically he has horrible skin that was a nice touch that they were like listen we have to lotion you because it's just we can't you have to be helped by a moisturizer <laughs> um but yeah i like that episode a lot for a lot of reasons i will say i think a lot of people do not properly contextualize the distortion as a character but I'm not going to say more than that. Um, what do you mean? I, I, that you'll never know. <laughs>
1: I like the- I'll say it. I'm not scared. I think part of, sorry, I say this just because Michael and Helen, I feel like people get it with Helen, but don't get it with Michael, which is a weird thing. But I think that people think about the distortion, like the whole point of the distortion is that the distortion is not a character you cannot know what the distortion wants or what the distortion is and trying to make the distortion you can make michael shelley a tragic character and you can make a helen helen richardson a tragic character but like the distortion itself is not that like the distortion itself is not a character in that way i i I think that a lot of people want it to be like this like this deep exploration into the distortion psyche and into like oh well the distortion was like feeling michael's emotions or feeling helen's emotions and it's it's got this weird inner turmoil i'm like no the whole thing was that it was it was using that to play to the person it's talking to's weaknesses like, it is, the, the distortion was not empathetic towards Sasha when she was trying, like, was not empathetic and trying to help her stop the worm situation. It was not empathetic, like, Helen was not being empathetic when she became friends with Melanie. It was all uh, all an act.
0: I just want to say this, and we'll get into it later, that is what makes the Magnus Archives good cosmic horror. Because the forces at play are being personified for the purpose of harming the characters involved, they do not have actual human traits. They don't have human wants and they don't have human feelings. They play on that because their whole goal is to generate fear and then eat people, which I I respect. Um, But like, that's the thing, especially about the distortion. When Michael, when Michael distortion says I am the throat of delusion incarnate, that is the only true sentence that thing has ever said over the course of the entire show. Um, Unsurprisingly for me, a lot of my favorite episodes are distortion centric. Um, another particular favorite is Helen's Nightmare Hotel, um, which I love for a number of reasons, but the primary one definitely is when John annihilates her and is like, "Helen, was that a lie?" I got he ate that
3: up. He I did. was like,
0: ah, "That was, but fu- that that shit, that was oh. crazy."
1: I also have to say, when that happened, like listening to that live, like listening to that with other people that was fucking crazy. Also a fun fact, in that episode, John Helen was like, "Oh, you know, I, I you, you cared so much about Helen, you might not have even liked her. She was a secret Tory." And he's like, "Yeah, okay." But I remember literally the Google search analytics, the searching for what is a Tory like had a huge peak like an actual visible peak in the google search what is a tory because of that episode that's
3: brexit,
0: crazy brexit
3: defeated by magnus archives fans not
0: but i mean like but but also there's that that part of that scene is him being like i wouldn't know if i would like helen or not you ate her like you you are not her you consumed her whole cloth there's nothing left to me of her for me to know um the other statement of mine that's a personal favorite is also the new door, which is the introduction of Helen Richardson's character, because that episode to me has some really nice horror elements. There's something really, really scary about, like, first of all, not knowing, not trusting your own reality, which is the spiral soul thing. But the fact that, like, she leaves through this door in the interview room and then John is like, that door was not there. That is That is not an old door. I remember listening to that and, like, my jaw dropped. I was like, wait, that's kind of fucking crazy. Um, Because, like, I don't know. It's not a bad thing that a lot of the horror in this show tended to be predictable. Because predictable horror is not bad horror. But that episode and, like, similar ones where the distortion was at play, I was like, okay, that cleared. Uh, And then finally, I believe it's episode 44 is where we first hear Gertrude's voice. Gertrude Robinson, former archivist, who is... I think actually one of my favorite characters in all of media ever. Um, I remember hearing her talk and being like, oh, this lady like meant business. I don't know much about her because at that point in the show, you just, you don't know a whole lot about what she was up to. But I remember hearing her speak and I was like, I'm obsessed with you. And I was for the rest of the show.
1: This is something I love about, this is a fun fact um, for those of you who, may not know this is something that I have told extensively to the people in this room because I think it's so fucking funny is that Jonathan Sims real person Johnny Sims writer was like I have these this character who's named after me what if I made the person who had his job before who he's constantly trying to measure up to being Gertrude played by my mom and the guy who keeps telling me that I'm not I'm not ready I don't know I don't understand Jürgen Leitner played by my dad and then in The Unknowing at the end of season three, both of those characters have lines where they're like, Jonathan Sims, you don't know what you're doing. You're such a failure, disappointment. To the point where Johnny Sims, real person, said in a Q&A, he was like, yeah, people keep asking if I'm like, okay, or if that's like a thing for my psyche, like if my psyche sort of contributed to that. No, no, I just, that's just what I wrote. That's just, and my parents happen to play those parts. You know, it's whatever. <laughs> I just think about that a lot, but no, Gertrude is one of my. Some of my favorite statements are like any of the ones that have to do with like Gertrude and Agnes and Gertrude and the lightless flame. Like those are all just the so good and i think that story i was talking to claudia about this i feel like that story's so
3: weird and convoluted <laughs> in, in so i many barely ways. fucking understood it i was like wait she's tied to her huh what did i miss and to be fair there's a lot that i didn't understand but that's just i'm because i'm dumb <laughs> but but when i figured that out I, I was like, i don't oh. think you're dumb i think it's you listen to
1: it on 1.6 speed I'm, I'm gonna be real i was not gonna be able to get through it otherwise <laughs> <laughs> but um no i just i think that that whole plot i what something else i love about this show is that i feel like there are so many threads that it makes the show feel lived in in that i feel like you never oh my god threads her web connects them all um but (laughs) there are so many different threads and so many different things going on that don't revolve around the archive and don't all don't all involve the same like the same big plot Like, again, you have the whole Gertrude is tied to the Lightless Flame. Like, the Lightless Flame are doing their thing. Peter Lucas is like, yeah, I tried to, like, buy a big apartment building, and then I got all fucked up. So thanks, Gertrude. Like, the common thread is that, like, Gertrude was there and things were, things are happening. But so many plots and so many statements happen that make this world feel lived in and feel real that don't all revolve around our main cast or furthering the narrative. Things just happen. And it is a lot like, a lot like real life. That um,
0: is one of the elements that I think really made the show work for me. The other thing is that um, statements never went out of their way to offer up that they were connected to other statements. Um, So it was really fun to notice things in the middle of it. Like, like, the, the show basically never at any point was like, Ooh, you might want to check out episode 12 based on what happened in episode 41. Those numbers are random, by the way. I don't know if those actually connect at all. But, like, but my point is um, less trusting authors might have made it a much bigger deal that these things went together. And I think it was nice that listening through, um, you could find connections for yourself and also, like, notice little things in the middle of it a personal favorite moment of mine there that occurred is in the finale of season one where unfortunately sasha gets well sasha becomes not sasha and i didn't know that that was a thing but i immediately noticed that that her voice had changed and i texted ollie and i was like hey this is weird but like did they change voice actors while they were making this episode like what was that about and they were just like yeah who's to say and i was like huh anyway and then like an episode later i was like "Now nah, something's up like i <laughs> i don't trust this
3: horrible news i did not notice for a hot minute because all the british people sound the, no they don't all sound the same um i did not notice for a hot minute i noticed because the other people around them were acting weird and then i was like wait she does sound kind of different and then I was like, "Oh, like she you, must have been replaced." But like, I didn't notice because. Of the-
0: Can I tell you, you are you are one of like three people that I know who listened to the show who had the exact same experience. And then when they like did the whole reveal that it like wasn't Sasha, I was getting texts that were like, "What? What do you mean? Where did she go?" And I was like, "You're just noticing this. She's been weird for like twelve episodes. Like, I what noticed are you by doing? her
3: behavior. I didn't really notice by her voice." and then like sort of yeah
2: see one of the few things i knew about this show going in i knew two things i knew one um hello john sorry for the deception um no no context no idea i just knew that there was a man who said that at some point and i knew that something happened to sasha and there was a character that the fandom at least called not sasha so I was like, oh, well, they're going to get Sasha back, surely. Like, it'll be fine. It's fine. And
1: then they proceeded not to. And I it's like, well, Sasha was my favorite character. Fuck y'all. So that's really embarrassing for me because I fully thought until season four that they were going to get Sasha back. Like, Bro. until, like, literally i thought because I, until i caught up i was like sasha's gonna come back everyone in the fandom talks about sasha so much surely she's gonna come back and then i was like i think there's a part it might be in season three i think it's in season three where martin and tim are like sasha's fucking dead for real and i was like i still don't believe you but then i was like wait actually i think and then johnny in one of the q a's was like yeah, no, when I, like, kill off a character, I don't like to do the whole, like, resurrection thing or, like, bringing them back because I just think it it can be lazy and it's a way that writers like to sort of work themselves out of a hole that they've made. And I was like, wait, Sasha's actually not coming
2: back. No, okay, that was... I have a very similar feeling about that, about um Jared... Uh, sorry, Gerard Key. Um, Because I was like, the fandom is obsessed with this goddamn little gay boy. Why the fuck? Hello? Cause he's not in that many statements and not like, not to say that his, his impact on the story is not that deep, but like, it isn't like we find, like we find out the tragedy of his family, but like he is not like a part of the Scooby gang. Like I was like shocked that like a character like Georgie had so much more to do with the story and no one talks about her or at least the the people that I have seen online talk about this show. I feel like I've seen so much fan art of Gerard Key and like none of Georgie.
3: I feel like it's, it, this happens in a lot of fandoms. I feel like it's because there's so much content for her or for another character because there isn't anything people are like, well, I have to make it. If I'm going to, ma- I I have to fill in the gap here. Um, I'm not saying that as a stand of Gerard Key because I, unfortunately I am, but I actually don't have any of the context of the fandom. I I pretty much only knew like things from afar. I knew, I knew very much that it was like, well, there's some bitch who's related to an eye and I know Elias Bouchard, the girls, they want to fuck Elias Bouchard. (laughs) I know that Elias Bouchard is some fucking crazy and fucked up dude. He's probably the villain and everyone, and everyone thinks he's a funny little guy. Um, and that's all I knew. (laughs)
0: The funniest thing about Elias as a villain is that he is, like, the most nakedly evil character I've ever encountered. From the minute you hear this man's voice, I could only picture him as, like, an old-timey cartoon villain, like, with a twirled mustache, like, having tied Jonathan Sims to, like, a railroad. And was like, ma-ha-ha, soon the train will come and run over Jonathan Sims on this railroad. Because, like, he is explicitly so bad. Like, Like, he's just also... There's a whole section of the show where he is in jail. Like he's he's fully just like in a cell. And whenever anyone comes to visit him, he's such a bitch to them. Like he's like evil and homosexual. And he's just like, mm, I couldn't tell you, but I won't. And it just like But turns wouldn't around. you?
3: Here's the thing. Wouldn't you do the same thing? If I had the all-seeing eye powers of Jonah Magnus, I would do the same fuck-ass thing. I Okay, not murdering people, but like I would be a cunt and be like
0: bad I news could tell that you, is kind I of won't. one of the qualifications for the job um, I, ca-
3: I know i'm just yeah. saying like i would react the same way to being omniscient i would be ignorant uh, about I, it
0: i just also love though that like he's fully sitting in that jail cell using his magic eye powers to watch john suffer over and over again and he's just like yippee it got worse like that's him every episode
3: to be fair isn't that what we're doing
0: <laughs> low-key
1: okay guys no this is another thing you guys didn't get is when people theorized like people when the show was coming out people were theorizing like well what are the fears and people like well what is the eye and people like the eye is the people listening it's talking about us (laughs) like people thought that like we were going to be like the listener was going to be the reveal like there was a genuine time where people were like what if the end is them breaking the fourth wall and being like wait the magnus archives is a podcast there's a really funny Tumblr post that's like Jonathan Sims being like, wait, so you mean my whole life is just a story? Who's writing it? And then it's like, well, that's the
3: funny thing. <laughs> Noah literally Ollie, <laughs> Ollie, you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> you know what I'm going to say? No. I'm going <laughs> to no. say, in a way, it's Don't. like the ending of Supernatural.
1: <laughs> it, oh, no, wow. stop. It's literally... it's okay but here's the problem i'm gonna say one thing about the supernatural about supernatural and then i'm not gonna say it again jonathan sims and dean winchester have a very similar character arc in a way that many are not prepared to acknowledge and i'm not gonna say anything more on that they would hate each other but they're similar in ways oh absolutely they'd be and uh, yeah absolutely agree Anyway, y'all remember when Tim Stoker died? That was fucked up. I was fucking you. I liked Tim. Do you guys think about how Tim was supposed to die at the end of season 1 instead of Sasha, but then the voice actors had a like had a conflict, so Wait, what? they killed Sasha instead? Yeah. S- yeah, Sasha was supposed to survive, Tim was supposed to get replaced. Demonism That's lost. crazy. <laughs> That's also fucked up. Also crazy cuz Johnny named it's fucked up because Johnny named Sasha after his wife.
0: Okay, this man has got to stop writing. Just no, put the pencil down. I, jo-
3: and then Georgie is played by his wife. No, I'm literally like, I'm like Johnny. You know what people do to characters online? And listen, even even if you didn't know how big this podcast was gonna get, I've been in audio drama fandoms longer than some of you people have been alive. Okay, but whatever. Like, even that for is not sm- a flex.
0: I that know was, I know no, I didn't
3: say it was a flex I didn't say I'm just saying I have the knowledge to say that like they're even for smaller podcasts with characters you don't want to use your real name bud you don't what why are you doing that why are you doing that like you know maybe it's this, a form of identity protection because if they google your name that all they're gonna see is the yaoi fan fiction <laughs> but like I was like what are you doing king anyway
0: so true um I will say one thing about this podcast that happens to everyone who listens to it and sort of is what's life ruining about it is um, you can never watch or read anything ever again without connecting it to one of the of the 14 existential horror monsters that run this fuck ass show. Um, And I really wish that were the case. But as someone who consumes a lot of horror and a lot of media in general, it's actually unavoidable. I remember, um, so my favorite book of all time is House of Leaves. It is a horror novel about a lot of things. But one thing it is in particular about is a house that has a hallway of size that continues to expand and contract into a number of infinite spaces that may or may not be haunted by a monster. Go read House of Leaves. It's great. Anyway, I read that book before I listened to The Magnus Archives. When I listened to the Magnus Archives, I was listening to the episode about the spiral, and I was like, wait, this is a lot like House of Leaves. And as soon as I had that thought, everything I'd ever consumed in my life became ruled into the Magnus Archives. I can no longer watch movies. I can no longer read books or comics or listen to anything without being like, oh, because if you think about it, this is a lot like, and then it just, it goes from there.
1: And it's also not even just, like, like, it's not even just horror. It's, like, everything is ruined for you. Like, you can't watch anything without being like, wow, this is just, like, this is just like, it's just, you know, it's a lot like, it's a lot like, okay, sorry. I know I said I wasn't going to bring it up again, but it's a lot like how in, when in its heyday on Tumblr, it was like, Supernatural is a gift for everything. No, literally. I'm like, the Magnus Archives has an episode no, for everything. Literally, sorry. Literally.
3: Literally. And it's not the only, pe- like, popular piece of media that does that, where you're just like, I have to compare it to, Doctor Who was like that for a while for me, to be, to be frank. um But it, I immediately, I was like, fuck, it got me. What fear is monstrelia- go into
2: because i'm just saying Monstrilio. i have an answer oh i, I realize what you're gonna say immediately okay
1: <laughs> what do you mean it's the hunt in the flesh yeah i i realized that
2: because <laughs> you know monstrelio has this whole thing where he's like i need to bite things now
1: Oh, oh, sorry. And he also grew from a piece of meat. Okay, he grew from well, a literal hunk of meat. Okay,
2: first of all, it was a little boy's lung. Second of all, anyways, my that's, favorite, which is, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> is is a hunk of meat. Don't disrespect Santiago's lung. Anyways, he's more <laughs> than meat. Um, I like a lot of episodes from the Magnus archives so many of my memories with the archive, the archives, whoa, the Magnus archives, um, are associated with a laundromat that I used to regularly go to. So I'm I'm like, I'm confusing a lot of the statements because I'm like, oh my gosh, that took place in a laundromat, right? No, it didn't. I listened to it in a laundromat. It did not happen in a laundromat. Um, Most notably, sorry, I'm looking at a list of episodes as we speak currently. Um, There's an episode where it's like, this guy is talking about a ritual site that he like comes upon that I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so long coded." Um other little episodes I enjoyed. I really liked um entombed, like Ollie said I would. Um I liked Tim's statement about his brother. Um I also <laughs> I will say that there's an episode where there's this kid and he's like, "I'm fucked up and evil." It's in season five, and Martin and John are like, "Do we have to kill this damn kid?" I think that episode's funny. I, is it actually funny? No, I don't condone child murder. I guess. Um. Yeah. Neither and does Martin Blackwood. Yes. Um. Any episode or and um, Sims? They both were pretty adamant about not killing children. Yeah. Um. <laughs> in a rare W. <laughs> Basically, any episode Basira is in, I enjoy because Basira is
3: the character of all time. Um, but yeah. It's really hard for me to think of a favorite episode because there are like moments that I like, but then I'm like, oh, I don't remember when that happened. I will say I really liked Jer- Jared Key's episode. Jerry, I'm going to call him Jerry because that's what he fucking wanted. Jerry Key's episode. I like, like, so here- here's a fun fact about me, everyone. I don't actually enjoy horror that much, which is hilarious considering the amount of horror that I have consumed in various ways and that I work for a horror podcast network <laughs> um, and that I did this as a bit. Um, it did genuinely scare the shit out of me. I had a Magnus Archives themed nightmare at one point. Um, I was listening at crazy hours of the night when I shouldn't have, and it scared me. I was like, I'm not having a good time. I I can get into some other reasons, whatever. I can appreciate horror as an art. It's just not like what I choose to entertain myself with when it's me and my leisure time. I say that, and then I make TikToks about fucking jujutsu kaisen. So anyway, I'm just saying that 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 is a horror manga, but um, contrary to popular belief, um, but, um. That was one of the statements, Jerry's st- statement where he's talking to John, where I had like a genuine emotional connection with a the character. There was another one. I I can't remember what it was. There was another one that was, I wanna say it was connected with the lonely, I who tend to be my favorite ones. Um, but it might be but I might be wrong, where it was it was it was, it was really existential, and I'm gonna have to remember which one it was. But the one with Jerry, like, maybe it's because it was about a kid with mommy issues. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> Jerry I like I get why tumblr.com loves Jerry because I was like this man was wronged um I also really liked the actor one um the one with the masks um because he was like listen I just do I just do it because I love being on the stage <laughs> and I was like oh like it was so you could tell it was written from the perspective of people who also have been in the theater um it just I, I I thought that one was really Really cool. And I will say, actually, one of my favorite episodes of the entire series is the one about the prison. Um, That one kind of ate where it was like, hmm, maybe the system is bad.
0: I will say um, one of the funny things about the Jerry statement where he is a book page. um, I actually knew about that statement long before I ever listened to the Magnus Archives properly. I just remember this while we were recording, actually, because... Before I went back to the show uh, and, like, really properly listened to it, Ali had told me about that statement and used no proper nouns of any kind. So I didn't know who any of the characters involved were, but they were like, basically there's this guy who is... Inside of a book, and this other guy steals him, and these two people are like, "Hey, did you steal our friend who is a book page?" And he's like, "No." And then he sets them on fire, which like he wanted, so like it's fine. And I was like, "And you're saying I should watch? I should listen to this? This is like a recommendation, okay?" <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I remember being like, "This this is just esoteric and weird enough to convince you to be intrigued at least." And I remember, I remember when you got to that episode, you were like, "Wait a minute." gerard key is the book guy <laughs> um that also reminds me just like another some of my favorite statements are basically one of my favorite um two of my favorite statements i fear are kind of similar i think it's technically four statements all like all connected um the i love everything that has to do with trevor herbert i think he's fucking hilarious i'm obsessed with him i think he's i think he's a badass motherfucker i i didn't i didn't love when he was like I have to kill Jonathan Sims. And I and I love Daisy. I listen, I love Daisy more than I love Trevor. So when she was like actually I'm killing you, I was like okay, fair. But the other one the other statements that I just remember that I love are the ones with Father burroughs Um and those are ones uh in sh- sh- I can't Oh my gosh, why can I not remember? It, um, it's in season uh, 1. De- De- it's a, I know it's in season one. Well, Desecrated Host is the first one, I believe. Um. That one was like genuinely oh, sad. Oh no, that's this no, that's the second one. Desecrated Host is the second one, and Confession is the first one. So it's episode 19 and 20, I believe. That one is like but genuinely I remember,
3: sad. Like I I was genuinely upset by that yeah. one. Like No, that's that's because it's so early on in the show, too. It's one that's like, God, that was really fucked up. Oh.
1: Oh, another statement I love that I just remembered is Manuela Dominguez, where she's like, hey guys, I'm like, I'm different. And I have religious trauma. Anyway, I'm going to build a really dark, evil sun (laughs) on a space station. (laughs) Also, okay, I'm going to say, I basically all of the Daedalus station episodes, I was like, I'm so bored. I'm so fucking bored. I'm so fucking bored. And then it all came together and I was like, Wait.
0: <laughs> I was not bored by those episodes. I did think they were so fucking funny, though, because like, so the first one happens, and I was like, "Oh, that that's that's kind of crazy." Like being trapped on a spaceship—that's wild. And then the other two happen and I was like, "I'm kind of obsessed with this fucked up spaceship that's just like kind of up there." The problem is that all three of the fears that it's associated with—I was like, me personally, I'd be fine. Rip to these other two people, but like, I'd be okay. Um. The other two statements that I love because I think that they're so ridiculous and funny. Um, the first of those is Grifter's Bone because the concept of band <laughs> so bad that you kill yourself is incredible. And the problem is that for a while, Ollie and I would like send each other music and be like, wait, <laughs> this is so Grifter's Bone.
1: Wait, which one um, is that one?
0: Grifter's wait, Bone I is think in-
1: Countess Luan- countess luann needs to join grifter's Bone, like do a feature on you, one of oh, their Gertr- the, the band G- countess, count, i just,
0: yeah, I just yeah, said the band. evil yeah. band makes
1: you kill yourself i do
0: love the idea of the last thing you hear being money can't buy you class i love i love that that's like what drives <laughs> you over the edge um the other statement that i think is incredible it is a gertrude statement and um basically she's trying to find out information on the unknowing and these these people are like hey there's like some fucked up clown related stuff happening out in the countryside and so she goes there and they're like so the clown was normal we do have this like really big evil pig though and it keeps i think eating people i'm not really sure and she goes that's really wonderful you shouldn't be laughing at that one well because this guy's like what do i do woman who clearly has experience with the these monstrosities and she's like i have a great plan Put it in the big cube of concrete. And then she's like, okay, bye.
1: Which is a plan she got from Adelard Decker, the other best character in this fucking show. People do not, no, talk, people are obsessed with Jerry. And I love Jerry, but like, we do not get half as much fan art of Adelard Decker. And he is objectively, first of all, he is that bitch. He is Slay. He and Gertrude were collabing. Like, he's that girl. I don't understand why we're not all hopping on the Adelard Decker train. I remember when I was listening to it the first time I kept being like, I can't wait for more from Adelard Decker. And then I remember being like, oh, cool. He he got mentioned. And then they were like, and he died of illness. And I was like, okay. No, literally same. I was like, fuck you
2: for having one of your like two black characters be so fucking slay. And then sent to to disease heaven. Fuck you. Doesn't, but, also, but doesn't
3: he, isn't he the only one with like a natural death?
1: No, no. he's not of
3: a natural death. He gets poisoned oh, by a fear God. illness. I can't, think if I can't
1: remember. But then he buries the guy in concrete. Uh, John Amherst, actually he buries him in concrete. I actually will say,
3: but that episode kind of ate. I, I, that episode because well, Decker's that bitch. No, the way that he's episode, like.
0: That episode freaked me out because disease is one of those things where I'm like, oh God, I can't think about that.
1: That's like in season five, when season five was coming out, how they had to be like, hey guys, we wrote season five and we didn't know a pandemic was going to happen. So
3: s- please be aware that some of these themes may be troubling to no, some but people. When they're like, we didn't know that everyone would be trapped in their house, the lonely, and um, also there would be a pandemic, uh, the corruption, and also everyone would be talking about police violence. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing no. them being like, oh. <laughs>
1: season five was like the that was like perfect COVID season and they didn't even know it
2: <laughs> um I need to to say cut out what I said earlier about what my favorite episode is I just remembered what my favorite episode is for realsies my favorite episode is the episode where there's that like housekeeper person who is like <gasps> from a different dimension or whatever <laughs>
1: oh my god Anya I'm so sorry that happened to you queen hashtag awkward first of all
2: second of all I believe that's the universe that the Magnus (laughs) protocol is taking place in is wherever the fuck she came from
1: the way that you're probably gonna end up being right Mel well okay here's the thing that I think about a lot is that like the whole like oh hilltop road situation like we were the girls were like we were trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with Hilltop Road in like the eleventh hour when they're like, we need to go to Hilltop Road. It was like it, it was like like you would have thought that every single person's team just won the Super Bowl. Like we were, the girls were screaming, crying, throwing up, jumping up and down.
2: Avengers End Game ass. <laughs> it was
1: like, no, we needed an Avengers End Game style montage where all of the avatars came together to fight Jonah Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Fairchild is like, hey guys, um a British. Yeah, it's just uh, and the other thing too is I think like I don't know, I'll, I'll say like one of my kind of complaints about this show is that I feel like and it's it's hard to say if it's like really a complaint or if it's just like a personal preference, but I feel like they introduce the concept of universe, like of the multiverse a little bit too late in the game. And I think the thing is, is that also like for people listening now, we are in an oversaturation of multiverse content um but that was not really the case when this was coming out like the only multiverse thing we really had was like into the spider-verse that just had come out recently but like there wasn't really the multiverse craze that we see now um but it was just funny because i remember being like we were all like oh what's going on with hilltop road and this like the that episode mel was just talking about was like oh maybe it is like some sort of weird like like piece of travel but then annabelle kane is like oh actually it's like the fix it'll fix everything i was like whoa that came up really fast like i wish the characters had had a little bit more time like i wish that had happened maybe five episodes before so they could have had a little bit more time to process it and maybe talk out why they were feeling the way they were feeling about it because I I think a lot of the issues that people have with the finale is that John what John did it makes sense when you think about it a lot but it like I mean it makes sense not like like I think logically it makes sense and it makes sense why he would do that but I, I don't feel like there's enough of like conversation about it like I feel like they decide pretty quickly they're not going to do that or pretty yeah. quickly that they are going to do that yeah. and not going to kill everyone
3: i think that's i don't know i think that's a part of my main issue with the series and i think this might be this is a thing i've been kind of pondering about certain pieces of media i've been consuming lately anyway and it's also maybe just like the genre or whatever is that like so the i think the, the kind of point of the series is kind of said i think by elias jonah at one point where he's like you know At the end of the day, all these people that you connect to are going to be nothing. You simply were observing them and you're going to throw them away. Um, And in a way, like, that ends up being kind of the the case. And and also the case that, like, John, all he he never wanted to become a mystery that people had to solve. And then that's exactly what he becomes. And we never know what what really happens to them at the end. Um, And who could say? Then he gets becomes a mystery in a computer. Um, And it's a tragedy, right? Like what Noah said, it's like it's a tragedy and there is inherent worth in a tragedy. I, you know, I love a sad ending, whatever. To me, I'm like, so what's the point? What is it trying to tell us? And it's like, and along the way, I wasn't sure. Like I eventually, I got very emotionally invested in some of these characters, but then by the end, I was very much like, what's the point here that it's trying to tell us? Um, I think it strongest moments were when it was like, these are these feet, like, it, it definitely a big theme is about choice and how much choice do we have in fa- in the face of our fears. Um, and it, I think it had the strongest one when it was talking about that and the t- and thing of like, you know, when we are we participate in systems that are bad and we, you know, we we use our fear as a as a reasoning. Like, is that right? And is that OK? And when actually they do talk out the morality shit at the end. And I was like, oh, they kind of cooked here, like with this moral dilemma i i that was where the closest where I felt the most meaning was, but for me personally, I think not with stories with sad endings or tragedies for me, I'm very much like, okay, if there's all this strife in a story and there's all this um horror in a world, you know what was was there was there meaning to it is like what is the point of telling a story where at the end of the day, everything you tried didn't matter. I'm like, because I don't know. Sometimes consuming stories like that, where that is the message to me, makes me want to kill myself. And I'm like, oh, great, thanks. And I'm like, I'm, every story does not have to be happy or inspirational in some way, but I'm like, I, I at least need, I've, I've talked about this and actually in the relation to Jujutsu Kaisen when I talk about it, because that is a story where everyone is constantly taking the L just all the time. And you're like, is is like are we are we going to get some meaning out of this other than people getting their ass beat which is kind of what ends up happening in the Magnus Archives is like wh- what is the meaning here other than people getting their ass beat and i it was hard to kind of tell towards the end um i did but i did really i did really like the thing of like what are our actual choices if, ironically enough i actually am on the side of like i don't think john actually had a choice and he had a choice in his fuck ass choice at the end but like i don't actually think he had a lot of choice in a lot of these circumstances um, people and he is obnoxious but I, I, you can't blame him in a lot of situations I just personally felt I think also the, the point where at one point they're like are there any entities of good things and they're like no that's stupid felt very like it has to be that way for the story and for the for the vibes and for the whatever but it just didn't feel very not realistic because it's not. it just didn't feel it's like you're telling me that all of this negative can't exist without positive. Like to me, when you're dealing with cosmic shit like this, it just doesn't feel realistic to me. It just feels like horror for horror's sake. But again, it's it's telling – it's it's trying to tell a story and maybe that's just my preference. But anyway, that's that's my thing. I think that uh, – I do like stories that involve like cosmic deities and stuff like that that are not like humans or whatever. But I, I find the scary ones to be more scary when there are genuinely good ones and there are genuinely bad ones and then there are some that are – can be uh, go either way, and you just really don't know. And if all of them are just shit and bad, then it's like, uh, um, and it like, and there's no nothing else in this world. It's it's kind of, I don't know. It sometimes it graded on me a little bit, but I was like, no, that's also the genre. So,
0: I think my thing about that is is twofold. One is that I do think the show would have been diminished by there being like this. Um, oh my god, what is the word that I'm looking for? Nope. Um, no. Uh, I think the show would have been diminished had there been, like, good forces and bad forces. Because I think that it had, like, thematically it wasn't about that. I think part of the reason why the ending feels a bit weird is because cosmic horror and existential horror is ultimately an unwinnable fight. Um, and part of what I think makes the early show work is that the characters are not winning. Um, they are subject to horrible forces that are beyond their comprehension and thus they consistently fail to do anything about those forces even the humans who get involved in that are no longer people by the end i think the other thing is like people are like oh the avatars have powers and i'm like part of it is the avatars are not human anymore they are, they are specifically no longer people they're they're collective forces of will by these things um so i think the problem that i have with season five is like john and co kind of start to win like they're annihilating the the avatars and they're making their way towards this this thing at the very end of it and then rather than be met with inevitability and failure i don't know if that would have made a better ending but i think it would have been a more thematically consistent one they're given an out and like at the end they tacitly sort of i think win is a strong word because obviously it comes a great consequence but i don't know I think when you introduce world-ending consequences into your story, and then the end of that story is you reverse the end of the world, it feels like kind of a cop-out. Like, you weren't ready to stick to your guns on like, we're fucked. That's what happened.
1: Oh, see, I think that it actually is kind of more tragic the way that it happened. And this is kind of why I'm, like, I'm... I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it having a potential sequel that covers what happened to, like, if if what happens in the Magnus Protocol is like, oh, here's what happened to John and Martin, I'm going to be like, it's not that I am not interested. Like, I'm still going to be listening, but I'm like, I feel like it kind of undermines the end of the Magnus archives. But I think something that's so tragic is that, like, there's no winning for John. He is not going to win. Regardless of what happens, he is not going to win. And Martin, who has thrown in who's given him everything is also not going to win and i think that uh, the fact that you know the the show ends not with the end of the world but with the people in this world condemning those in another and i think the concept of that is so much is so tragic in saying like it is a choice do you choose to pass this suffering on to someone else and to be fair i do get the logic i do get the like like as the squad, as the girl boss squad was saying of Melanie, Georgie, and Basira, as they were saying, and Martin, he's an honorary girl boss. Like they were saying like, hey, this, we don't actually know that this is going to condemn those worlds because they may figure something out. And that's fair. But I do think that it's, it, it is the the struggle that John is saying is like, John inherently believes that he has caused so many people pain. And he is saying like, because his whole battle is like, First of all, it's so funny because, like, he was like, I was in a coma for six months, and then he comes back from being in a coma, and everyone's like, oh, fuck you, you dumb bitch, you weren't there. And he's like, yeah, I was in a coma, but but he still feels like it's his fault. So I, I think that the ending is actually very, it, it is about choice, and it's about his choice to say, like, I'm not going to do this to anyone else. I'm not going to let anyone else die or be hurt because of me. And then... It's funny because it is about choice. He chooses that, but that choice is still taken away from him. And he is still he is still uh, just a a piece of a machine. He still ends up not being to make his own decisions. And I think that is somewhat more that is somehow way more painful in the end. And I think that that end, lends itself to the tragedy more than if the world had just stayed fucked up. So
0: i do think it works on the level of being a character driven tragedy and i think i i like the ending in that sense i don't think it works as a good horror story ending i guess is my is my gripe about it i think because claudia is like what's the point point?" and i guess my thing about that is i'm like i'm not sure that there is like a strong central moral but i'm also not sure that classically tragedies really even have those like i think this functions as like a greek tragedy where it's like had the heroes been better people and made better choices and, you know, if if these characters were anyone but themselves, this might have gone differently, but they weren't. And so this is sort of how things end up because it already happened and you have no influence over that. So I think it works as like a character tragedy. My beef is more like I almost wish that it had like committed to the bit and been complete existential horror where... You have no resistance to that, but I'm also into that sort of thing. So I'm not certain that it would have made a better ending. It's just, like, a thought that I had. And in fairness, too, it took me a hot minute to like the ending of this show because for so for a while I was like, that is is kind of ridiculous. Um, and it pissed me off. But it sounded like it pissed a lot of people off. So I, I was not alone in that feeling. <laughs>
1: i will say again it's something i said like as we've talked but i really did not like the ending when i first listened to it but again re-listening to the whole show with what with what happens in mind kind of recontextualizes everything because i think a lot of people and especially like this happens a lot with like shows that get popular on tumblr and get popular online in general but people end up making like the classic joke of the magnus archives is a workplace comedy where which i think is funny because i do agree i love the meme but i think it's like a lot of people play into this idea of oh well we're rooting for our characters to be happy in the end and when you go into or we're rooting for like the characters to win people weren't thinking about it as cosmic horror they were thinking about it as a standard narrative or as a standard like fantasy um fantasy realism narrative. So I think a lot of people were taken off guard by the ending being so fucked up. So when I and you know, I was in the fandom when I was listening to it, like I was I was um seeing all the meta people were writing. And I think the other thing too is when you have people who have that kind of stuff in mind, people sort of write their own endings and people fill the world in with fan fiction. So it gives you this expectation of what to expect and popular interpretations become, you know, popular. So when something happens differently even when it's not bad it just kind of challenges where your head is at um but that being said even when you don't have that i don't know regardless my point is is that listening to it from the beginning knowing that it is a tragedy knowing that whatever these knowing that whatever john does he is never truly going to be in control of his actions and never truly going to be in control of the destination he reaches it makes it so it feels so much more fulfilling. Like I have come around to think it's actually a good ending, not to which is not something I thought at first. Not to make a mystery spot,
3: cast yeah. Reference, but yeah. it is much. It is mm-hmm. much like the experience of watching Supernatural, knowing what the shit ass ending is. And in in this case, I do think the ending of Supernatural is bad. The ending to the Magnus Archives, I don't think is bad. Um, but the, there is at the end of Supernatural, there's very much a yeah. thing of like dean gets his ass got and he never got a choice or whatever and they did it in such a bad way that i actually agree with all the girlies being like actually this was a shit way for him to go um but and it, there was very much a pointlessness to this um in a way that was very and they're both horror whatever i will say i went into the magnus archives i knew that it was a tragedy in some way i expected it to be i knew that it had sort of bittersweet kind of weird ending and so i i wasn't surprised by it at all i think i was more just like girl John, you're a dummy um I will say though the most horrifying part of that isn't oh maybe we passed it on to them the most horrifying part and the scariest part to me is like when they propose you know what if we just um what if we just find a way to bring our world back to normal and then we like basically, we just kick the can down the road and, like, we stop them for now and then they might do this again. That, to me, was the most horrifying scenario because it's basically, like, they never leave. And to me, that that is cosmic horror. I, I was very much, like... And then when, at the end, Basira is, like, I don't know if you're listening or whatever. And the idea, I what I hope the Magnus Protocol talks about is, like, the most horrifying thing is that you can never defeat them. They will always be there. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what universe you're in. Those fears are always going to be there because they are built from our thoughts or whatever. Um, like it, it you know they can be they can be a reiteration in any way, shape, or form. Um, to me, that's the most horrifying part. Is like you know y- you cannot defeat them in any way, shape, or form. Um, that's the scary part. Um, I did think it was funny when Annabelle was like, "Well, R. I. P. to the other ones," but I'm the only one who's conscious. So, anyways. <laughs> She's like, I realize all them were stupid, so. When the lighter finally became
1: relevant, the girls were shitting and farting and screaming and dying. Like, that was, like, it was that we, no, because the thing was, too, with the lighter that John has that he got so early on, people were like, oh, my God, the lighter is going to be, like, a big thing. And John kept, like, not thinking about it and it was funny because at first it was like oh well it makes sense because it's just a lighter that he has like why he doesn't know he's in a pot in a horror podcast why would he think about it but then it's like was the web manipulating him into not remember not thinking about it to like look over it and that's kind of my interpretation is that he was just kind of like like i think the scary thing too is that you never like and they cover this a little in like season 4 especially where john is like have i been manipulated or has this been my own choice and it's like ultimately regardless of if whatever choice he made he he was manipulated into ending up a certain way but the question of like were any of his choices his like how much control does the web have over someone i think that's a really interesting theme too that played into yeah. the end that played into the whole story yeah. like an overarching
3: fear i'm 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 gonna be honest i did forget about the lighter so when it came up i was like oh yeah the lighter (laughs) and i I did not realize how important it was i was like shit guess i was not paying attention um shout out to me um but i will say i think that that is probably one of the most compelling parts of it is like what really are our choices because also the web is built from our own fear in a way in a way it's nora boris in a way anyways um I think that's also why some of it was a little predictable for me, which is fine if it's predictable. I don't care, actually. Same with Noah's that. Noah said, I don't actually care. There were, I think that's why I was interested to know what were some of the moments, Noah, that you said surprised you? Because I wasn't actually surprised or shocked pretty much ever when they were like, oh, actually, the, the villain was the web. I was like, yeah, girl, I could tell. <laughs> um.
0: Well, I mean, that was definitely one of them for me, just because I was like... Well, I mean, it was less of one as soon as Annabelle Kane was like, I've been in this weird mansion. Who knows what I'm up to? I was like, oh, Slay, okay. Um, let's see. Other moments that I found... I don't know. Now I can't think of, like, really any, to be honest. Um, I had a lot of moments that I was like, oh, that was really cool. But I guess shock might be the wrong the wrong word. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, there were a couple that, like, actually did scare me, which I think we should talk about in a second, because I'm curious, like, which of the fears you guys are are or are not afraid of. Um, one of them that, one of them that did actually give me, like, real fear, and in fairness, it's because I was really high, uh, but... There's this episode and this gentleman is like the darkness in my room is trying to eat me. But if I stay under this blanket, I will be totally fine. And at the end of the episode, it's like, actually, you are not totally fine. And he gets fucking murdered by the darkness. And one time I did a lot of edibles and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I'm going to get fucking murdered by the shadow on the wall. Like, it's so over for me. And then I kept trying to go to bed and I was like, surely if I go to bed and I was like, but that's what he thought he wasn't safe any minute now <laughs> like, that one scared the was. shit
3: out of me i was like oh oh this is it's getting me and then i had the, that nightmare where i and then i like woke up and i was like oh ah, my foot it's out of the blanket
0: i had a nightmare that i had to talk <laughs> to jonathan sims just kidding that would be a nightmare though like for real
3: <laughs> that's like tim stoker
0: so true <laughs>
2: I feel like this show was a lot like the trolley problem except for there was only one track the entire time. Like the whole thing was that there's an illusion of a second track. Um, So like I don't know I was just vibing with it. I enjoyed the ending. I had no problems with it on my initial list. I was just like oh wig (laughs) anyways. (laughs) And I think that also I I think that's a little bit of having the, the benefit of like knowing that there's like the Magnus protocol and there's going to be more perhaps connected to it. We don't know of course how connected it's going to be, if at all. Um, But I was just kind of, I was satisfied with, with the ending of like, I, I will say the multiverse thing. I much like Taz amnesty. It kind of like took me by surprise where I was like, what. Now wait a goddamn minute. What are we doing here? How did we... How did this become the plot of the movie? Um, but I don't know. I I liked it. I will say an episode that freaked me the fuck out was Lost John's Cave. Is that what it's called? I almost called oh, it Long John Silvers.
3: <laughs> that, that one was one of the first ones I was like, oh, this is fucked up and crazy. I listened to that episode one at the
2: laundromat. So of course I associate with the laundromat. But I also... I went to the laundromat and I went home and I continued listening to the episode. I was putting laundry away by myself, but I was in our closet listening to that episode. And that was so fucking scary. I don't know why I did that to myself. Never again. <laughs>
3: I say yeah I, I will say the the multiverse thing i think it didn't surprise me because when they were like well these entities they come from outside of our reality and then they were like well there's other realities i was like oh well we already established that i guess i don't know i guess i've consumed enough that i was like okay and who was shocked i, I would be shocked if we had major cosmic entities and then we didn't have other realities i almost was like no. yeah of course You know,
2: actually, what what the biggest shock to me in this series was? We've already talked about it, but I do need to reiterate how shocking how this was, like, literally my 9-11. I'm sorry. We've already talked about it in this episode. However, I need to reiterate that this was my fucking 9-11. Helen Richardson being maybe a Tory. It was so over for me.
3: Maybe she deserved it, one could say.
1: Tories are the scariest the scariest of the fears like scariest
2: thing in this fucking podcast I'll tell you that
0: Tories are the, the new fear just dropped yeah, Tories are the 15th entity Um, I will say personally I thought the multiverse thing was really dumb I'll say it I thought it felt weird and out of left field and such like a weird way to end to be like guys there are other realities and I'm like okay I'm certain that there are But this podcast has been like five whole seasons of really interesting horror and at the end to be like, who knows where they're from? I'm like, it doesn't really matter where they're from. And it also felt very weird at the end to be like, there's a nice little exit valve that we can just flush and all of the horror will just sort of leave. Now, the best part about the multiverse thing is the fact that canonically, after everyone is safe, oh my god, Ali what is the name of the Avatar of the Vast who's hanging out all the time? Simon Fairchild. Simon Fairchild that yes. they yes. all beat the yes. shit out yes. of blue Lanoically, fucker? At the at the end of the Madness Archives, when everyone is safe from all the fucking entities, they beat the fuck out of Simon Fairchild. And that is the best part of that ending. Is <laughs> literally they're like, Did you hear what happened to Simon Fairchild? I hear they like beat him to death.
1: I just, I also like the idea of Simon Fairchild, who's, like, old as shit, suddenly, like, has no powers anymore, and is, like, oh, no, another one of my favorite Tumblr posts that's, like, Simon Fairchild after getting someone to go up somewhere really high. Oh, Simon, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. (laughs) Like, uh, I think, okay, the one episode with the, um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember, the cable car, um, (laughs) where (laughs) it's just Simon Fairchild shaking a cable car, that shit was funny.
0: The fucking cable car is one of the funniest episodes (laughs) because, like, I was in a cable car and then all of a sudden I was still in the cable car. Like, here's the thing. And I I think this is a good point to open up this discussion into because some of the fears to me personally are just not that scary. Like, so I'm just to get us started on this for a, a recap for all involved. I figured I would just list out the 14 of them so that we all know what we're working with. So the 14 canonical fear entities in this show are the buried, the corruption, the dark, the desolation, the end, the eye, the flesh, the hunt, the lonely, the slaughter, the spiral, the stranger, the vast, and the web. Um, many of these to me do carry some degree of like real fear. Several of them just don't on any level. And one of those is the vast. The concept of the vast being scary is so fucking funny to me. Um Because, and it, mind you, this is specific because for example, the ocean being, in, being a piece of the vast that does fuck with me. Cause it's very deep and very dark space. Do not care. I'm going to be forced to do infinite skydiving. Where do I sign? Like, the cable car, I'll I'll take my seat. I'll chill out. I don't really care. Like, whatever.
1: <laughs> Do you guys remember when Peter Lucas was like, Martin, I need you to read all these statements about the extinction? And Martin's like, Whoa, this seems like a really big problem. And then Elias, in the end of season four, was like, it's actually not. It's
3: no, actually I, not, you dumb I, idiot. And then in season five, they're like, well, actually, it was <laughs> real. And you're like, what? <laughs> Elias, you liar.
0: Well it's kind of his his that's kind well, of that he, uh,
1: is his thing. He's not called a truthist.
0: <laughs> I will also say A truthist. Um...
1: <laughs> not not he
2: lied. She she believed he lied. God
0: <laughs> So true. I will also say one of the other fears that I'm like I really wouldn't mind. Um <laughs> something is wrong with me because the hunt I'm like I would win. I would simply I would simply like The problem is that the hunt would get the better of me and I'd be like, No, I can get into this. I'll chase people. I'm not above that.
3: Okay, so there's wait,
1: another episode. I'm sorry, the other episode about the hunt I just remembered is Murder Club that Basira reads, where they're like, Oh my god, we were just hanging out, and then some guy tried to break in and we killed him with knives. And then we thought maybe let's just all kill each other. That's an episode of America and that same statement. (laughs)
0: Okay, speaking <laughs> speaking of America, the fact that Johnny Sims' a real person got bullied online for getting a bunch of details about the United States horrendously wrong. Not to mention a personal favorite moment, <laughs> boys, Idaho. Thank you, Richard <laughs> Robinson, for I, that.
3: I had to pause it for like an hour. I was laughing so hard. I was like, I hate British people. <laughs> no, that was the
2: scariest part no, of the fucking podcast. So it was funny. fucking
3: bone chilling. Wait,
1: I I I also <sighs> I also like Johnny being like, I'm gonna put the 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 um the Usher Foundation, which is like the American version of the Magnus Institute. He's like, I'm gonna put that in Washington, DC. I'm like, girl, get out. No,
3: no, get out of here. I here's my hot take. I don't think the eye is actually that scary. Um the eye is not scary absolutely not i agree it's not, here's my thing
0: it's not at all in the in season five where they're like what if you got into the shower and there was a camera there i'd be like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Am I alive?
2: okay well guys fair,
1: i and i to be fair we're also for people who are deeply online well, okay. and visible so, so this is you know so this is
3: my thing and i think that like I want to say they get into it at some point but I was thinking where I was kind of like it's very interesting that they're positing that the most powerful one supposedly it's really the web but that the most powerful one is the eye and that the eye is getting more and more popular. I I was thinking of this from a like a lore perspective that the eye is getting more and more not popular a powerful he builds the Magnus Institute as humanity and sentient human beings um start to have like media and are able to write things down record things whatever it would have almost been obviously because this is an audio format they couldn't go further but i feel like the eye getting more powerful as everyone has a phone in their hands actually the episode when they're in kind of the eyes domain and the woman is like there's cameras everywhere and they're watching me i was like i thought that was the most compelling because i was like the fear of the surveillance state, that actually is scary. Like, and I was like, and we actually live in that, and we do live in a society. I was like, that is the part of the eye that is the most scary. I also, between, not the eye, not the eye and the spiral, the spiral is the one about manipulation. I was like, well, I have a. I have a fucked up and crazy. I was like, I have a fucked up and crazy family, and I've been on social media since I was 15. The eye and the spiral cannot scare me. Oh, let someone's me, gonna tell me, someone's gonna gaslight me? Well, my mom does that every day. Grow up.
0: <laughs> let me, let me, no, let me just, let me just say this. Let me just say this. The spiral, in terms of like people manipulating you, okay, whatever, sure. The spiral, in terms of a physical distortion of space from which you have no way in or out, that shit is actually quite scary and let me just take a minute to plug two things that both fall into that category the first i already mentioned is house of leaves that book is as spiral-coded as it comes you've got this bitch has everything an unreliable narrator a second unreliable narrator a third unreliable narrator
2: more sexist (laughs) unreliable narrator
0: (laughs) yeah yeah johnny true and kill yourself um (laughs) A, a horrifyingly interesting distortion of space from which the characters are driven mad. Seriously, go read that book. Anyway, um, the other one is Skinnamarink, a 2022 experimental horror movie wherein two children awaken in their home to find that all the doors and windows out of their house have vanished and their parents are gone. Um, both of those play very hard with this concept of space not operating as it's meant to. And what happens under conditions of what Shirley what Shirley Jackson, author of Haunting a Hill House, would call absolute reality. Um, it's actually really scary. And like I love it, um, but that actually does fuck with me.
1: I was gonna say, speaking of something where there's no doors and you can't leave, the one that I personally find the scariest, um, and one of the ones that I feel like, I feel like a lot of these like are scary, but I'm like when I hear about them, I'm not really scared. Not true with the buried. The idea of being in an enclosed space, the ba- like I-, I will say consistently, the buried statements are the ones that I'm like, oh, this is bone chilling. I feel sick to my the stomach. Buried in the
3: corruption for me um, is like, oh,
1: yeah no i will say mel mentioned lost john's cave earlier i'm like that is one of the most fucked up statements and i think i think that like the one with john and daisy um entombed when they're like in the in the coffin that is such a good statement because it's like so the, the acting in that episode's also really good i'm like man you'd think they actually put those two in a <laughs> in a in a, um uh in the ground they put them in um oh my gosh a, a hydraulic press Ooh, i want to put jonathan sims character in a hydraulic press i will say
0: the best buried episode i believe it's episode two um of yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um joshua gillespie shout out to you you are the only sane character in the entire magnus archives universe because he's like i keep waking up trying to unlock this box so i'm just gonna put the key in a tupperware full of water and put it in my freezer and it works (laughs) no literally i was like
3: i was like you are a fucking i was like you are built different i I was like finally the fact that
1: the fact that he never comes back that that's the last mention of him i'm like i'm rest in peace to like john and martin and whoever but like if he had shown up if they had run through his domain he would have been like okay cracks his knuckles let's fix it let's go figure it out basira i think stop the let's stop this Well, basira
3: kind of did the same thing during the unknowing she was like okay well i'm built different i'm just gonna logic my way out of this and i was like yeah she said, What if I leave? What if we just leave? She was literally like go pick she's like like go piss girl. And no, laughs. I so I will also say I think that there's this whole thing of that like maybe all of the fears are connected to each other in a way. Um, because I think the issue of like being trapped in a space like the spiral, um and then also the buried is a similar reason to why uh the vast is scary to me, because it's it's not that like the space itself, although I am afraid of heights, um, it is that you are trapped there infinitely. I think that's also why the space episode, the ones on the, 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 the one on the data list where he where the guy is by himself scared the shit out of me. I will also say if you like the data episodes, you need to go listen to a podcast that came out before the before the Magnus Archives, Wolf Three Fifty Nine. That that show is funny and then it's fucked up and then it's scary and then it just wildly flips between the you have to listen to wolf 359 and a quick plug for another horror podcast that um if you witness the thing that happened on twitter where the one um twitter user who like trigon recommended that book um and and what the book uh how to lose the time war which is a really good book um apparently that twitter user heard about that book from the q a of a podcast called the silt versus which i started listening to after the magnus archives um johnny sims is like in a random episode by the way (laughs) which i gave me a fucking jump scare because you know what he's doing in that episode he's working with his co-worker inside some form of institute and they are recording like statements about experiments that they're doing on people and i was like jonathan sims what are you doing here i mean he's in a lot of podcasts but um it was just very funny to me but actually an episode of the silt versus that i just listened to was one that was about like where they are trapped in something um in this one i think there's this guy who uh, he he gets he gets trapped by this god into thinking like he gets trapped in his own house into thinking that his own house is a performance and he can't leave cuz he always has to perform um and like that once you enter the house you're on the state you're like you're in the theater and you can't leave um and it was actually fucking scary um i was like oh and he like he's he's like narrating it as if he's reading stage directions the whole time i was like oh this kind of eats um anyway listen to the soul verses it's a really good podcast um actually so i don't know why i think you would really like the soul verses you might actually like it better than the magnus archives Um, i tried it once
0: and i didn't like it really it was years ago so i don't actually remember why i didn't like it but i remember being like oh okay and then turning it off forever but then again good I did that with the Magnus archives and here we are today. So who knows? Yeah.
3: Anyways. um, I think the vast is scary because it's just like, well, guess I live like this now. Like when the guy in the list was like, guess I live like this now. I was like, oh, he's just like me for real.
0: <laughs> the problem with with the list statements to me is that one of them is like and there was a really big hand and it was like so big that like it like covered space. Me personally, I'd be like, damn. Anyway, like, that just, that just, like, does not bother me. I will say, um, The Lonely doesn't necessarily bother me, except for the episode about the woman who becomes, uh, lost in, like, the infinite suburb, and is like, I'm pretty sure if I sleep here, I will have to, like, stay here and kill myself, um, that fucked with me. Although, I'd be lying if I said that that was the best lonely moment because the real best one is that Peter Lucas was like, I'm going to do a ritual. And so he just builds, like, a bad apartment complex. And instead of Gertrude's usual plans of, like, ritualistic magic or, like, having to do some weird shit, she just calls the Guardian and is like, yeah, this apartment complex is, like, super terrible. And it gets, like, shut down by the city and that's that
1: okay also i'm sorry the fact that that doesn't even get an entire episode dedicated to it it's just something that he mentions to martin i think (laughs)
3: it's like oh okay peter lucas being like what if i just trapped people here because i'm a landlord that he's the most evil character by far i mean we have we have jonah magnus who's killing people and we have the entities and we have you know the cops but the evil landlord peter lucas (laughs) Um. No, but the, that episode also. I it. It's it's a real testament to the power of journalism that she was able to get his ass, and she wouldn't have been able to do that today. Much to think I, about.
0: I will also say um, one thing I like about uh, Jonah Magnus and about like the eye in general is that pretty much every other avatar has like a mechanism by which they can kill or harm people. Jude Perry, who we haven't even gotten into really in this episode um is like i can set you on fire um any of the avatars of the corruption are like get diseased bitch like there's a lot of things that they can do and then avatars of the eye are like i do have a gun uh and that's that's kind of where like they're like i know everything about you and what i know is that i have to shoot you with a human weapon because i have no other way by which to kill people
1: (laughs) that's why gertrude adapted overcame she had that motherfucking thing on her you know, she was doing that. You know, she was like, I'll turn remember when that one guy from the Lightless Flame was like, I'm here and she was like, I will literally turn you into in, fucking into sawdust, sawdust yeah i there i, I saw you. this
0: tumblr post and i can't remember who posted it because it's been like two years since i saw it but it was like gertrude robinson walked up to the existential horror and was like yes i am locked in here with you but more importantly you're locked in here with me like she was and you
3: you know johnny sims basically has had to have based some of that on his real mom like you she know that, that some bitch. of that was coming from her i'm like because i feel like gertrude is the most solid, like character in the whole thing like the whole like mm-hmm. she is so like she, she's the one who had like i immediately got her like her personality or whatever i think it's because we are learning about the shit that she did and that's what builds the entire thing but like i was like she was the most built out character at, at first for a while for me at least
0: i will say this and then i'll shut up for a hot minute but i do just want to say that one of the funniest moments in my listening to Of the Magnus Archives was a post that Ollie sent me after I listened to Another Twist... That was like, I know Gertrude, Gertrude space Rude, ain't take Michael to Sanikov land. <laughs> and that became like it something is- I couldn't stop saying <laughs> for months. I'd be at work with my coworkers <laughs> who don't know what I'm talking about. I'd be like, Ugh, I know Gertrude ain't take Michael to Sanikov land. And they were like, where the fuck is Sanikov <laughs> land? Who is Gertrude? I know all...
1: Also, just the fact that it's spelled Gertrude. Like, we call her Gertrude in conversation. Like, whenever we talk about the show, like, nine out of ten times, we do call her Gertrude. It's been hard to call her Gertrude for this episode. (laughs) Oh, anyway. The fears are scary. I feel like I'm, like, I don't know. Not to feel like I'm immune, but I wouldn't be scared. Because I would be like, guys, I'm incredibly sexy and funny. They They would just like me. I, I don't get it. I don't I, like that's my problem is I'm like if i met Peter Lucas, we'd just hang and I'd be like, okay. And we and I'd be fine.
2: Unlike you bitches, I am a deeply afraid of many a thing. Um I would say I am very afraid of the I um being known, being understood is very scary to me. Um Bell Hooks may have said that to be loved is to be known. I don't I want to remain unknown. So a uh, fuck a you, um, I just think that all of this stuff that it says about surveillance just hit a little bit too close to home, too real, um, and that I found scary. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's that's my takeaway from this series: is that the real thing that we should be scared of are the friends that we made along the way. So take that as you will. I don't know. I think surveillance. I've been reading a lot about state surveillance is the problem. So I think maybe this is just like um like a uh hindsight thing where I'm like, I no, the eye is freaky as fuck. I don't like Elias Bouchard. I don't like like the racial politic behind <laughs> at least Jonah Magnus's whole dealio. Also, he's like, oh my god, we have to create prisons. Like he is. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, yas, prison slay. Um and so I think he's like that the that panopticon. Just... <laughs> what if I know, literally did it? Foucault is like, oh my god, I just shit my pants.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Jeremy Bentham didn't get his head shrunk for this. <laughs> no,
2: literally. Anyways, um, I think we need to talk about something. Um shit, I forgot the intro to Fantastic. Oh, it's welcome. <laughs> so i guess for this special edition i'll say sorry for the deception my friends
1: i should have said that
2: first of all (laughs) first of all it's apologies for the deception okay fine apologies for the deception god dang um we're doing fantastic tma edition um, I have so many is the problem, and I'm trying to like root it down. I think I'm just gonna share with you this after after we're done because I swear to God I found like 50 million different just horrendous fan fan casts for this this show for those of you who don't know the segment fantastic here at Rupe Helps Pod Race, a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> um, I have scoured the internet looking for some of the most creative, sometimes groundbreaking sometimes just like horrendous fan casts um and the magnus archives has this fun thing where the fan casts are wild like i I couldn't find a single one that didn't have at least one choice where i was like oh everyone is so creative um so the premise of this segment is i'm going to name an actor and you guys are going to guess what character that people on the internet have fan casted this person as are you guys ready
3: I'm terrified. Yes. I'm so excited. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm excited gonna... to see if I have like an advantage because I was on the internet while the, like I was in the fandom while the girls were coming up with their crazy fan cast. So I'm like, I'm going to see if I have a, I feel like, if I have an edge on you guys. I feel like this segment is
3: sponsored by the stranger in a way. You know, with I the feel uncanny. like Nikola anyway. Orsonoff would love this.
2: <laughs> Nikola Orsonoff would love this segment. Um, I'm going to start kind of easy um one that seems kind of obvious bill skarsgard
3: jürgen leitner no you said that's wrong which one is bill (laughs) bill skarsgard
2: is pennywise
3: oh yeah
0: michael Afton. shelly
2: fuck Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) sorry.
1: (laughs) wait that actually you are correct sense yeah i'll go with that okay you I are guess, correct, I Noah. Him,
0: I guessed him because he has like weird, off putting face. So I, I thought that he <laughs> would go good for that. That's good. Okay, this is, I think that's actually yeah, put a blonde,
1: put a long blonde wig on that bitch and move on, but guys. I
0: have to be honest. I think that is the first time I have ever guessed Van correctly. <laughs>
1: we did it, Joe. <laughs> All
2: right, we're gonna get a little a little um interesting with this next
3: one. Hugh Laurie. Jonathan Sims. (laughs) It's gotta be. It's gotta be something cursed like that. Elias Elias Bouchard. Not Elias Bouchard.
1: Is it Peter Lucas? No. He would eat. He would eat as Peter Lucas. Actually,
0: Jude Perry.
1: (laughs) No. Agnes. I'm not J.K. (laughs) Rowling. Christ. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: Um, Hmm. I want to say, say it's not Peter Lucas, it's not Elias. Who are yeah. other? Is this an is old Simon man? Is it Simon Fairchild?
3: It is not
2: Simon Fairchild.
3: Although God. I think that is would it be. Is it Trevor a really good. Herbert?
2: No, it is not Trevor. Trevor? <laughs> Trevor Herbert.
0: <laughs>
1: Trevor Herbert? <laughs> is it Tim? <laughs> um, it's not Tim! <laughs> Jesus okay, Christ, no. what? No. because I doctor like house
2: Tim?
0: Hold on, I love the concept of the uh, working at the fucking archive, and it's like a bunch of people in their like late twenties and early thirties, and then Hugh Laurie is also here.
1: I like the idea that Tim has secretly been like in his like fifties. You guys know that
0: picture? That's the like, that's like so there's a forty five year old woman here. That is damn Stoker in the archives if he was played by Hugh Laurie.
1: <laughs> um shit this is hard i um, will tell you does he is, that this,
2: so... char- this character is a reoccurring character however i would not consider them a main like character this is someone who okay they are associated with someone and they appear on occasion
0: are is they he, an entity
2: or do they ap- they are part or, of an entity no, are,
0: are, are they sorry like are they are they an avatar keep using those terms
2: no they are not an avatar however they do work closely with an avatar oh is
1: oh uh, mikhail salisa
2: magnus's little friends it is not mikhail salisa and no it is not one of jonah magnus's little friends is it jerry's dad Fuck.
1: no <laughs> eric delano I, <laughs> I, I i don't know why i always pictured eric delano eric delano is looking like michael chiklis and i don't know why <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to tell you guys.
2: No, no, give us one more hint. We can do it. One more hint. Um, this character is. This one's going to give it away though. Um, this character has beef with Daisy. Ooh. Um, so it is Brecon.
1: Is it Brecon? <laughs> I, okay i
0: almost guessed yeah. i almost <laughs> guessed that but i was like aren't they supposed to be like these like big burly dudes like they're not like
1: they that are hilarious
0: that's amazing
1: wow it's... now i just question who is playing hope in this au no of that's of exactly hugh laurie what i'm showing saying up
0: and i love the idea of hugh laurie showing up and being like i have this weird box for you please ignore my business associate goodbye <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oi! I've got this weird box for you. No, that's how they talk. Doing a, as every time they're like, he's doing a bad Cockney accent.
1: <laughs> so <gasps>
3: true. Oh. Um, that oh. next,
1: that one was like
3: too much.
2: This next one is bone chilling. Um, Florence Pugh,
3: Daisy. Yes. Young. Wait, what? <gasps> Yes. I love, the, I love the
0: idea. I love the idea of Daisy doing the Florence Pew cry face where she has that like horribly strange frown, like the pouty lip, you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, like the where her mouth is shaped like an upside down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's um, so funny. Daisy oh, Tonner wow. starring in
0: Little Women is crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At pretending to be a 12 year old and little women like Florence Pugh is like yeah I'm 12 it's like girl who was buying that no so true. I, okay also I just love when people when people try to fan cast Daisy as anyone other than like someone who's like actually butch I'm like I I can't I don't get it it's I not mean, it's not processing in, in fairness for to me. the
0: internet they see any woman that has hair that is like at or above her shoulders, and they're like, "Wait, is anyone else thinking butch right now? Is anyone else seeing like a hard butch like, woman?"
1: That's what like people when they see Renee rap, they're like, "Oh my god, she's a mask lesbian," and it's like, is "What?" She-?
0: No, okay. That's The number crazy. of the the number of tweets that are like Renee Rapp is like a low key like a hard butch. Like I honestly like she's so mad. What Remember? part of Have Twitter you... are you on? Do, do, no, no, I've also because seen it. Because the thing it. is, I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this, but you guys would black out if you met a butch lesbian in real life.
1: You please read Stone Butch Blues. I'm begging I'll you. Also
0: like, this is the same side of the internet that's like. That woman has armpit hair. I have to kill myself. And <laughs> I'm like, I have bad news about what butch women are. Like, okay.
2: Um, I have another one and this is literally, it's only going to be Ollie who knows a, who this person is. And two Oh Oh God.
1: Susan Wacoma. <gasps> okay. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, I love Susan Wacoma. She's, that bitch best taskmaster char- they- character <laughs> to contestant thinking about when she had that guys if you don't watch taskmaster you should it's all free on youtube but susan wakoma was like i'm going to trap a little a, a, a little, little boy in a bathroom man in a back a, a little boy in a bathroom and throw paper at him um don't it's not
2: basira is it no it is not basira hussein oh okay okay so like
1: Georgie yes wait I think that's inspired oh my God. okay wait wait that's really good I'm actually 100% down for that anything that keeps Susan, Susan Wacoma employed yeah so true yes. anyway sorry I just I'm I had down. to get that one
2: out of the way just because I saw it and I was like wait
1: she's giving that's so good I um, love that
2: <laughs> this next one Ollie I know you know it so I need you to shut the fuck up about okay it. I'll stay I'll stay quiet okay jamie lee curtis oh wait ollie <laughs> told me this told is it
0: I is, is that. it gurch
2: <laughs> it is not
0: okay well i don't know it's just like okay she has gray hair and is awful so this might work for her um who else would jamie lee curtis it be is
1: a, it, it is another awful old woman is so it Mary is.
0: <laughs>
1: yes it shit. is
2: i will tell you this i will tell you this when I found that fan cast originally... First of all, I found it months ago. One um, Sage... Um, I forgot their username on Twitter now. Um, they Sage was visiting us of fulcrum, fulcrum Transmissions fame. Um, and we were in the car looking for some reason at Magnus Archives fan casts. And the, we almost crashed the fucking car because of this fan cast.
1: Because it's just so... Oh wow. <laughs> I we were literally right across the street, like in a shopping center that was right across the street from our house that I'd been to a million times and I was laughing so hard I just completely pulled into the wrong shopping center and was like, This is not where I was trying to go, but I had to not be on the highway.
0: <laughs> I I'm a is it, isn't not Mary Key like haggard and British. <laughs> She's <hill>? British. <laughs> well, I mean that yeah, yeah no. that's all of them. Yeah.
2: No. Fancasters are allergic to casting British people in these roles, is the thing. I think you know it what? might actually kill them.
3: You know what, though? That's justice because I hate British people. <laughs> they steal American roles all the time. Yeah. It's equality. Sorry, I don't want to This I'm is so what British you guys get for the right British, right British
1: Museum. <laughs> I oh my friends. god, I wait. Have... Andrew Scott. <laughs> guys, can we cast Andrew Scott as Elias Bouchard? You know
2: he- I'm not even kidding. He- I saw that more than once.
0: That doesn't surprise me, and I'll also say this for certain: yeah. if, if the Magnus Archives came out to, in parallel to BBC Sherlock, it mm-hmm. would have been hell because people would have repurposed gifts from Sherlock. Add, and like just add elias captioning to those gifts i know that would happen i see it in my mind's eye
3: you you just went into an all the alternate reality like that's real I, that found happened where, happened somewhere. I, I found
0: where the fears went.
3: that's somewhere else <laughs> the fears went wherever um. um the fears went to whatever universe where hamilton and glee came out at the same time
0: <laughs> oh god <laughs>
3: So scary. Wait, wait, um, you guys, anyway. you
0: guys. When will they have an episode of Glee where they sing Grifter's Bone? That's what <laughs> if there's a Glee reboot. That's Rachel every Berry episode, babe. The Glee
1: soundtrack. Wait, the Glee soundtrack is like the is American Grifter's Bone. Okay, okay? let's like, get it. Some of those P-O-V. tracks. eat. Wait, what P-O-V is
0: POV? Rachel Berry causes you to kill yourself.
3: What? What Avatar? <laughs> Probably a real thing that's happened to some people. Which entity is Mr. Shoe in Avatar? <laughs>
1: Um, my first thought is, um, my first thought is the spiral. Just yeah, he it's is like, the Throne of Delusion. Are... <laughs> mm-hmm. But I also, like, I feel like he could be the stranger because there's so, he is like the uncanny valley of he men. He shows up everywhere. Um... Remember when he was the Grinch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to.
2: Anyway, Anyways, now, can I go on? Because I have so many, but I want to, I, I need to show you. I'm gonna say a couple of actors' names now. Give give it a couple of seconds to think this through. This list of actors for a character: Adam Scott uh, from Parks and Rec, Michael B. Jordan, Chris Evans, Neil Patrick Harris, and Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things, like Eddie. Huh? All for the same guy. I already have
1: my guess. I have my it's guess. It's Jerry. No. Chris is Evans Tim with Stoker. That, it is
3: Tim Stoker.
1: <laughs> I never miss Michael B.
3: Jordan as Tim Stoker. Kind of say eats, that though.
1: <laughs> I say that after I miss a million times I'm already. Sorry, I just
0: want to clarify. Well, I didn't I'm... imagine this. You, you said Neil Patrick Harris, right?
1: <laughs> I did say Neil Patrick someone, Harris. It's so
0: crazy. heard Tim Stoker's voice and they were like, "Wait, you guys? I'm seeing Neil Patrick Harris in my mind's eye." <laughs>
2: Okay, here's the, the other fuck? crazy thing, though. Oh, wow. I've i I saw Neil Patrick Harris as another character. Who do you think it was? Elias Bouchard. Yes, it was.
0: No. <laughs> I okay. No, because the idea of fucking Neil Patrick Harris being like the same place they've always been, Martin watching my institute. Like, should I kill myself?
3: <laughs> here's a problem. That's exactly <laughs> what they did when they cast him as the fucking toy maker in Doctor Who. And it was, not, it was not a good casting. Like, it was bad the whole time. And not bad in a fun and campy Doctor Who way. It was bad in a, why I is he like- cast as this way? Literally, that would be exactly exactly what you were imagining is what happened in Doctor Who. Yes, I'm a hater. I feel like okay, we brushed but- over Chris Evans' Tim <laughs> Stoker
1: really Yeah, fast. no,
3: no, no, that's exactly. I'm,
2: like, so puzzled by that one. What's going on there?
0: I was just gonna say my Tim Stoker fan cast is Dev Patel, and oh. I, I stand by that. I think I think
1: he. Wow, that ruffling a lot of feathers in the I'm fandom. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, Tim the amount Stoker of... is I'm...
0: canonically really, really hot. Dev Patel, yeah. stunning, beautiful, gorgeous.
1: This is why I'm, I'm on my on my Charles Melton Tim Stoker <laughs> fan cast. And I'm would not. I feel like I'm like I. I feel like him being played by a Riverdale alum also feels.
3: Right. <laughs> I, I, I see the
0: vision. I see the vision.
3: Wait, <laughs> um, what, what, what's his name who plays Archie? No, 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 not Archie. Uh, what's his, the one of the twins? What is his name? Dylan Sprouse. Dylan. Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Cole Sprouse? I don't Cole, know. Cole, Cole Sprouse. Cole Sprouse as Jonathan Sims. No. <laughs>
0: No, I rebuke it
2: in the name of the Lord.
0: I can I I condemn thee to a year inside of the vast Enjoy your stay.
3: (laughs) It's terrible. It's terrible and awful. It's just because (laughs) I just imagine that I'm different. I'm not like everybody.
1: (laughs) I need Cole no, you know who I think Cole Sprouse would actually be really good at playing? Um, that one guy who was like, I'm really into skydiving and then his mom came to the Magnus Institute and was like, the sky a myself. So oh, I true. Say, I, I okay. wish that
0: I were Simon Fairchild. I want to be able to be like <laughs> be old Claudia infinite roller coaster and I just like send her there.
1: So oh, true. Just thinking about when Mike Crew think about when Mike Crew does that to John and he's like, Oh my god, you bitches keep coming to my house. Goodbye, you're going to be falling now. Or when he put that guy's brother on a big ladder. <laughs> oh, everyone's so creative.
2: Okay, I also need to talk about this. Matthew McFadden. Oh. Is it Elias? <laughs> no. I want him as Peter Lucas. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> not Peter Lucas to, to this person. Fuck.
0: Simon Fairchild.
2: <laughs> no. Why would he be an old man?
0: Um, wait, well, Tim Stoker. No, you have Hold to keep on. in mind.
2: It <laughs> it's not Tim Stoker.
0: Do you, do you guys feel like in another universe? Do you guys feel like another universe, John, and Tim Stoker are kind of like Tom and Cousin Greg?
1: Please, <laughs> no, I don't think no, that. No, I Noah. don't. I'm trying to get into the headspace of who would put this because he is older than like 40.
3: He is basically ancient to people online. Yeah, but everyone sees him as so the age, Leitner, the age he was in Pride and Prejudice.
2: He's not It's not Jurgen Leitner. It's not Jurgen Leitner. I'll Shut tell up. you this. He would be a really good Jurgen Leitner. Shut up. What I'm saying is that well not what I'm saying. What this person online is saying is that he should be Jonathan Sims. That's what the streets are saying.
1: What? Wait, are you for real? <laughs> yeah. That's so No, I
0: think okay,
1: not. Um, I think
2: okay he but wait, Jonathan Sims is dead bad. So true. I need to here's the last thing the last thing I'll say <laughs> fuck there's so many that I didn't get to do but are too good I'll share this with you shortly this can be my last one and then I'll be out <laughs> Zach Galifianakis
3: please please don't say Martin no it is Martin Blackwood <laughs> I immediately was like well who's the one fat character <laughs>
1: wow, martin, I'll wow. Save you. there's a lot about society i mean listen no disrespect to zach galifianakis i just feel like there are other actors who may do the role better I,
2: oh I, like you know how someone else said andrew garfield or perhaps even freddie wong <laughs> as martin,
1: <laughs> freddie wong <is> martin <laughs> wait that, yes, can okay. you tell us some of the well, ones for
2: <laughs> martin please yeah, here I'll just read the ones that I got. Just and once again, I did this uh, basically twenty minutes before we started recording. Um <laughs> and this was just like not even the breaking the surface. Evan Peters, Taryn Edgerton, Josh Gay, these are these are Andrew all from Arfell. Martin. Yes. <laughs> Freddie Wong. Just off the off Freddie the top Wong of the dome.
1: Really perplexing
2: huh? That's a Evan crazy Peters one. It's is... so out of left field. evan Evan peters
0: is crazy for frankly anyone in this show but like for martin especially what the hell
2: no here's the crazy thing i also saw evan peters more than once for elias bouchard
3: huh this is so
0: (laughs) i don't even know what to do with that information because like
2: i think that people don't realize that elias bouchard has experienced twink death i don't think that people have (laughs) gotten that through
1: their fucking dome (laughs) i think okay but here's my hot take about elias i feel like he could be one he's one of those people who's like okay fun fact there isn't a consistency issue in the magnus archives vis-a-vis uh elias bouchard's age because there's a statement where martin is when that guy who's like i played a board game with death and now i am like still alive and i really need to be dead and i think John was like oh I think and that statement was given in the 70s and he's like I think Elias worked here then which was like he said early on which I th- was ruled to be a consistency issue because Elias canonically at the time of the show cannot be more than like 45 just based on when James Wright took his body and became him um, and when Jonah Magnus like became him. So it's like Elias Bouchard is someone who is like he's experienced twink death, but it is still recent enough that he's not prepared to move
3: on. And Peter Lucas has told him that. I I think Yeah, and that's why they divorced the third time.
2: <laughs> Actually, I'm just gonna send this to you guys so you can look at it in your own time. One of my favorite ones that I didn't get to do was um Jamila Jamil as not Sasha. Oh
0: my god.
1: <laughs> okay, that's actually like she is so uncanny. That is actually no, that's,
2: perfect casting. That, yeah. I, I was like, kinda, kinda ate. Anyways,
1: that was
3: fantastic.
1: Lo- Let's go look.
3: Zoe go Kravitz up, as
1: Basira. Brian David-, <laughs> Brian David Gilbert as Jonathan Sims. Oh, John Cho. Adrian Brody as Jonathan Sims. Michael Sheen as Peter Lucas
0: does anyone else see Matt Smith as Michael Distortion?
1: He actually would kind of eat that <laughs> up. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Rosamond Pike is Daisy.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. I know. Rachel that Weiss Weiss was crazy. Michael? Rachel Helen Richardson is fucking crazy. First of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, are you serious?
1: Michaela Cole is Helen Richardson's actually kind of slay. Yeah, slays. she would eat that. I, I agree. My, my, my
3: sorry david Tennant I and mads to- mickelson as elias hello <laughs> Tom. We also, to talk about-
2: we also need to talk about zoe kravitz as basira that- no that's literally the first one <laughs> i saw i was like
3: hello no but i do think to- tom that's- hardy as elias bouchard is the funniest one on
0: the year. problem is that if if elias bouchard was tom hardy i would get it like <laughs>
3: you would like, like i'd be, I'd be like I'm whatever you I,
0: no i'd be like whatever you want baby girl let's have a world like i'll figure it out <laughs> but the problem is think, Elias bouchard is not tom hardy
1: this is so do you guys think that james wright like james wright was ever like like when jonah magnus was james wright he was ever like you know what if one of my like he must have thought over the course of all of his years body hopping he must have been like you know what happens if this body just like dies spontaneously before i can interview yeah. like a new post so i have this idea that he has an emergency contact which is whatever whoever he's you know engaged with from the lucas family at the time because i believe he was fucking with mordecai lucas (laughs) as well i believe he's had a lover of every generation of that family but do you think he like he had to be like hey um listen like peter lucas's fucking dad or whatever he's like hey man um i'm like dying actively could you come and bring the melon baller we gotta go find a twink. <laughs> and they never really explain how that shit works. They really just don't. I, like, I really believe he just has a melon baller and he goes at it and is like, all right, popping my shit in is there. Is just
3: his brain? His eyes, Claudia. I don't think a melon I'm
0: baller saying, is capable of accomplishing. I just no. I just want to interrogate.
3: They literally No,
1: they say that in the show is that Elias, like, Jonah Magnus takes his like Jonah Magnus's body does not have eyes in it. Yeah, but like They keep transferring the eyes to his new. That's how he transfers his consciousness. Wait, you guys!
0: I just have to give Jonah Magnus ocular cancer, and it's fucking over for him. No, (laughs) literally to defeat this man.
1: (laughs) Get the corruption on it. Okay, imagine if, imagine if Elias, like, imagine if they did to Elias what like Melanie did and they just blinded him, would OG Elias come back? Would he be like, whoa, guys, I've had the craziest fucking also, time. Also, I can't see. Well, last thing I remember is I was I was really worried I was high during my job interview. What the fuck? Him being high during his job interview <laughs> had to have been the funniest reveal. But then he wasn't. He wasn't. Because he was like, "I oh my god, he knows I'm high. Wait, I'm not high. Why does he make me feel like that? Hmm. 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 I feel the Original rush. Elias. Anyway. <laughs>
0: You know what? Um, I do think I could convince Elias Bouchard <laughs> to have VCR cleaner. I really do. But I also wouldn't want to do that with him. I love ending on a, on a note about poppers. And with that, let's do the outro. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us this week for Rupalp's Padres, And thank you again for sticking with us through our hiatus and with our new series, Rupalp's Day Off, with episodes that will drop every two weeks for the foreseeable future. But make sure you're following us on Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, and, unfortunately, Twitter, at Rupalp's Padres for updates our next day off will either be a secret special episode we have planned or our coverage of Baldur's Gate 3. And if you want to ask us a question, you're welcome to send that to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr ask box, or email us at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. And if you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, and any other podcatcher that allows ratings and tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps the show, especially after our hiatus. Finally, if you'd like to hear more of us, you can hear Jess as one of the cast members on our higher, on the Higher Public Tabletop RPG podcast for Light and Dice, and listen to the Mysteries Podcast where Claudia and Ali recap all of Supernatural so that you'll never watch it. And links to both those podcasts are in our show notes. May the force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka 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 waka
2: waka. waka. Her web connects us all.